Blog Talk Radio. When you are blown out in your bowl game, badly exposed as simply not being good enough, spring practice can't come soon enough. For the Miami Hurricanes, it is here, as the Canes have just completed their fifth of what will be 15 spring sessions. Spring is simply an opportunity to get better, to get better as individuals, and then hope that that carries over into getting better as a football team. But nothing has come easy for the Miami Hurricanes in recent years, and getting better this spring will not be an exception. That's because in addition to its graduating class, Miami has been practicing without several players who will be key performers in the 2014 season. Running back Duke Johnson, cornerback Horan Elder, running back Joseph Yearby, cornerback Ladarius Gunter, center Shane McDermott, cornerback Nate Dorch, tight end Clive Walford, and new incoming wide receiver Braxton Berrios have all been out for the entire spring and figure to remain so. In addition, wide receiver Herb Waters, defensive end Anthony Ciccolo, and safety Rayshon Jenkins and wide receiver Malcolm Lewis have yet to practice. And Philip Dorsett and Artie Burns just returned from the track team for this morning's practice session. The positive side is that the other players on the team are able to get more reps. The negative is that it's very difficult to put a ton of stock in anything that's been going on on the practice field because of the inequities in the level of competition with so many frontline performers missing in action. So tonight, as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live, a spring practice edition, we're going to focus on the subplots, the quarterback competition, Ryan Williams versus Kevin Olson. Is it really a competition, or is Williams a shoo-in, the B-Miami starter, in 2014? The development of big back Gus Edwards, getting a ton of reps because of the absence of Duke Johnson and Joe Yearby, and Dallas Crawford's switch from running back to safety. The quest of Taylor Gadois to emerge and seize the starting job at right offensive tackle. The overall mission of the Miami defense to simply get better. Today, we discuss that in an exclusive interview with Miami defensive coordinator Mark D'Onofrio, which we will play for you later in tonight's show. So we welcome you to a spring edition of Kane Sport Live, the fastest two hours in hurricane sports. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Kane Sport, and tonight I'm joined by our managing editor, Matt Shodell, who's been out on the Green Tree practice field for every single second of spring practice so far, and he'll give us his insight into what's going on as well. And then, of course, we're hoping um, during the show that you will call in and join us. As always, it's your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number, as always, is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-20. Past 48 hours, we asked Canesport.com subscribers to identify some of the topics that they would like to hear us discuss on tonight's show and open up for general conversation. Here's what they came up with. The questions, of course, begin and end with the defense. And what are the chances that it can come back better in 2014 than it was through the second half of 2013 and uh, obviously at the end of the season in the bowl game debacle against Louisville? When you rattle off the names in the secondary, Howard, Bush, Burns, Crawford, Jenkins, Carter, it gives you the feeling that the secondary is going to be pretty darn good next year. Will it really be better? Um, you know, we'll discuss that tonight. How is Kevin Olson stacking up in his competition with Ryan Williams? 
Did Al Golden's flirtation with Penn State have any noticeable impact on the team? And what impact is Ice Harris having as he joins the Miami coaching staff to help out with community relations, help build better bridges with the high school community, and obviously also have an impact in Miami's recruiting efforts? So we have a ton to talk about tonight. Um, We'll try to touch on all of it as we go along. But already the phone lines are starting to light up. Again, the call-in number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. So before Matt and I start things down a little bit more, um, let's get to a few of your phone calls, and let's start out tonight in the 305, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's up? Johnny O from Bird Road. What's up, Johnny O? What's happening on Bird Road? (laughs) Chilling, man. It's all good. Um, I remember I was talking about last time about getting one of these guys from the locals to join up, and uh, we got we got the Iceman. Remember? Yes, sir. It's um, yep. it, 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 There's nothing negative about that move. You know, he he's he's very committed to being at Miami. Um, you know, says all the right things. Is very well respected in the high school communities around the state. Um, Something that was really interesting, and I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the interview we did with Ice. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, on, it's on, yeah, it's on com right now for those listening that haven't had a chance to see it. Um, something that I thought was kind of interesting was he was pretty adamant that when he gets his degree in a couple years that he plans on being an assistant coach somewhere. Um, oh, yeah. First assumption would be that it would be at Miami, but that, of course, would come at the expense of somebody who's presently on the staff, and, and that'll obviously be the decision that Al Golden would make at the time. But if not, I mean, I didn't get any doubt at all that Ice Harris would leave Miami and, and go someplace else to be an assistant coach, um, that that clearly is his objective in coming back and getting his college degree um, so that he can go on in his career um, and be an assistant coach at the college level. So, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting today. Yeah, well, isn't uh, D'Onofrio, doesn't D'Onofrio have two titles, assistant coach and defensive coordinator? Uh, yeah, he's assistant head coach as well as defensive coordinator. I mean, maybe they, he'll split it. He'll split one of the uh, one of the two duties with the Iceman. Well. Makes sense? No. No, I don't think I think that's getting a little too far ahead. But yeah, I mean, obviously, there's positions that Ice is is probably competent enough to coach at this stage of his career and, and the experiences that he's had in high school. And um, I think you just got to wait and see how things go with the team, with the program, with the coaches that are on the staff. And uh, you know, it's very hard to predict what's going to happen there. And then um, we'll see what happens with his son coming. That could play a big role in getting the well, his his son's son coming in Florida over here. Right well, his son's in Florida now. Oh yeah, he's 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 staying there then. He, he is definitely going to be in Florida, but but the one thing I will throw out is that would not shock me in the least is if, if Treon Harris does not have success as a quarterback up in Gainesville, and and I personally think that there's a very high probability of that. You know, I just right. I, I have never felt that he's going to be a, a top level Division One quarterback. Um, if he's going to be a DB, then I, at that point, I would not be shocked to see him transfer back to Miami. But, you know, that's, yeah. uh, that's also putting the cart way before the horse. Yeah. Well, what else my, you got brain just, any, any, my brain just else? went blank. So I said, my brain just went blank, so it just put me on hold again. 
<laughs> All right. So you want to be on hold to listen to the show? Yeah. All righty. Thanks for calling in Take tonight. Take care, man. All right. All right. Well, I hope nobody else's um, mind goes blank, Matt. It'll be a, <laughs> it'll be a long show. <laughs> I tell you, it's pretty funny. You know, I think it only allowed a certain number of coaches on staff anyway, so you can't just add, them, can't just add a random extra coach as an assistant head coach. I no. mean, there has to be a certain number on staff regardless. That's the only comment. If somebody would have, have to leave or be dismissed before Ice Harris could be a full-time Correct. assistant Correct. on the staff. All right, uh, let's go out right now to the uh, 718 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Garrett. What's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? What's Welcome up? back. Uh-huh. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I'm, you know, you know, glad to be back. It's been a while. I've been dying a little bit, you know, missing college football, but, you know, it's okay. Well, that's, that's why we scheduled tonight, <laughs> so that everybody, everybody could get their fix. Yeah, listen, Gary, uh, uh, like two quick things. Uh, I had a chance to, you know, spend some time in Miami, so I made it out to a couple of the practices, right? And Kevin Olsen is looking pretty good. He's doing okay. He's looking better than Ryan Williams. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I don't think you could judge that without watching, you know, every single play. Well, and 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 you know, and and like I said at the beginning of the there show, there isn't much to judge the two quarterbacks by Gary. Let's okay, face it, well, there isn't much. That's my point. You got to really, you can't. It, I, I hate to keep saying this over and over, and I said it at the beginning of the show. There are so many guys out. And it's such a watered-down roster right now that it's hard to evaluate. I mean, the, you know, the coach has well, got a tough, tough job, you know, evaluating guys. Um, Gary. Just be, you're not putting them against front-line performers all the time. I understand that. I'm talking about doing well, just, Don't just wrong, pure doing well. quarterback play, you know. You know He's doing well. You have. I don't think I, myself or Matt are, are ready to tell you right now that he's going to unseat Ryan Williams as the starter. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that he will. Okay. I'm, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination right now saying that he will because I'm pretty sure, you know, you know, Golden might stick with the guy who knows the offense a little bit better. But just pure quarterback play, you know, working with what they have on the field, Olsen just looks like a better product right now. Now, who's to say what's going to happen in a few months when, you know, fall practice starts and, you know, they may be a big turnaround? But I'm a firm believer that Ryan Williams has his has hit his ceiling. Matt, you know, you've watched I'll, I'll, every I'll, step they've taken, Matt. Yeah, you know what? what yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll weigh I'll weigh in for sure. I mean, I agree with you. If you go to spring practice and you look at the two quarterbacks right now, I think Kevin Olsen looks better. But you have to remember, you know, how many spring practices have there been where the the quote unquote MVP of the spring practice winds up a bench player in the fall. I mean, it happens almost every spring, you know. I, I and what I'm trying to what I'm trying to get at, well, just what I'm trying to get at is, is he is, does he have a better arm than Ryan Williams? Yes. Does he have more escapability than Ryan Williams? Than Ryan Williams? Yes. The issue um, with Olsen versus Williams for this coming season is that Williams has the leadership skills right now. He has the respect of his teammates, and he knows the offense better than than Olsen. And on top of that, the coaches trust him more to run the plays correctly and not make the turnovers. For, for coaches, they prefer, and I, I, don't know, you know, I don't know if I agree with it or not, honestly, but they prefer a guy who doesn't turn the ball over versus a guy who can throw a 40-yard completion more consistently. That's just how coaches are. And they trust Ryan Williams more right now. If they wanted a guy to throw a 40-yard completion, they very well might say, okay, Olsen is the guy. But they want a guy who's going to make the right decisions most, more often than not and not turn the ball over a lot. And right now that's Ryan Williams. So that's why he has the leg up right now to start. And, and BK, let me throw let me throw something else in here, BK, that sure. I'll tell you also is that midway through last season, 
there was a lot of conversation about making Ryan Williams starting quarterback last year. He was outperforming um, Stephen Morrison on the practice field. Now, you know, the injuries and things like that were partially to blame for that, but, but, but there was no question amongst the inner circle of the program that, that Ryan Williams last year on the practice field alone was outperforming um, Stephen Morris. Um, Al Golden made the decision as the head coach not to make the switch. Um, but, but, you know, Ryan Williams is going to have to prove it in September. All the, all the practice talk is all conversation. But right. there is no question that the coaches have a lot of confidence in Ryan to be their quarterback next year. Now, you know, that said, and, and, and then I'll, I'll let you speak again, I, I want to do two things. You know, one, I want to point out that Kevin Olson has certainly come into spring practice with the right attitude. Um, he, he seems to have cleaned up his act a little bit. You know, he did get in a little trouble around the bowl game, um, but he seems to be doing more of the right things right now um, than he has at any point since he arrived at Miami. He's, he's working overtime at night. He, he's calling the coaches with questions at off times. Um, he's investing himself in trying to become a better quarterback and, and engage in this competition. And um, before we go any further on the show, I did have a chance to speak briefly with Kevin after today's practice, and I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and play that for you guys right now, and then we'll get back to the conversation. We're here with Kevin Olson, and um, Kevin, your first big spring of competition, how's it going for you? I think it's going, you know, pretty well. Um, you know, I think I ended, I ended pretty strong, you know, before spring break happened, and I think, you know, we came out here today, and the offense as a whole worked through some things, and I thought we had a pretty good day. Everyone's kind of sort of assuming because he's older and been around for a while that Ryan's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, how, how are you looking at it? You know, I'm just trying to go out there every day and get better. Um, you know, I'm trying to go out there and, you know, do my best and, you know, when, you know, let everything that I can't control happen and, you know, just control what I can do, which is going out there and getting better and, you know, learning every day and, you know, just, you know, showing everybody that I can be the guy. Do you feel at the point where um, you can compete yeah, for number one? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I definitely feel like I can compete for the number one, uh, for the number one job. So, BK, our opinions aside, you yeah. heard it there from Kevin Olson himself. You know, he he's in the BK Hurricane mindset, and <laughs> and he does think that he can win this job. Yeah, well, he has to think that way. You know, you know, because you know, like his confidence has obviously grown. You know, you know. I think he's overcome that hurdle with him getting into trouble. You know, first year of college. Maybe it was just him being a stupid kid or whatever. He had a chance to sit down with his father, his brother. Who knows? But it seems like he made a, you know, you know, you know, a complete 180 at this point in terms of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. And I would agree you know, with that. that that may have been what was holding him back. Uh, you know, during that freshman year. You know, his mind just wasn't on football he had other kid things involved like his girlfriend or hanging out with friends and you know just pretty much doing dumb stuff that that a lot of quote-unquote entitled kids might do you know yeah i would agree i mean he got in he got in trouble before he even arrived on campus yeah. um and had those issues up in new jersey yeah. and then you know went through the season and there was conversation from al golden during the year you know, suggesting that he wasn't really happy with the work ethic he was seeing, and you know he didn't want to see Kevin Olson just because he was redshirting, sort of going the tank for the whole year and not get anything done, and wanted to see him more engaged. Um, 
you know, and then of course the suspension, you know, right before the bowl game, um, and he was not able to go with the team up to Orlando. Um, so it was a little bit of a rocky, um, you know, nine ten month period uh, for Kevin. But any, everybody out there that's parents uh, know that teenagers are prone to hiccups like this, and um, the questions are how long it's going to take for them to grow up. Number one. Or are they ever going to grow up? And uh, right. a lot of these kids never grow up. You know, there's other guys on this team. You know, you take a look at like a, a Rayshon Scott, who, who's another one that just keeps getting into himself into trouble. Um, right. And, and, you know, probably is down to his last strike, I would think, at this point of his career. Um, you know, Chantrell Henderson was another that just never really seemed to totally get his act together for his entire four-year period at Miami. So, you know, some of them get it, some of them don't. You know, at yeah. the same time, this this spring, BK, we're seeing a kid by the name of Damari Jones, who's kind of been like an afterthought. Yeah, that kid turned it around. You know, I well, mean, there was talk I mean, last year, year, you know, a few years prior that this is a kid that may never see the playing field. He may transfer. He, that kid looks pretty And, and he still may not. He yeah. still might never see the playing field. But he's at least... You know, right. showing himself in a positive light this spring, making some plays out there. He, he's challenged a little bit speed-wise. That's that's a big problem for him. Um, I don't think he's better than four six, um, and, he, and you know, he, so he doesn't match up to the other receivers in that regard. But he's an example of a kid that kind of you know was kind of waffling along, maybe wasn't always doing the right things. Who seems to be you know turning on that switch, so to speak, here this spring. So some kids do it, some kids don't. Um, Kevin Olsen is showing signs that he's doing the same thing, but he's got to be consistent and keep doing it. Yeah, Gary, one other thing. Um, just just to touch on the defense for a second, um, Tracy Howard is looking pretty good. Now, I'm not sure if because, you know, so many guys are hurt, you know, and, you know, you really can't judge Tracy Howard against, you know, what's out there, but he looks pretty good right now. Well, he should be. I mean, it's his, it's his third it's his third year. He came in as a five star prospect. Yeah. Um, I personally wish it was his red shirt sophomore year and not his junior year. Um, yeah, that would have been You know, good. that goes back. To, you know, you've listened to all our shows. You, you know how yeah. I feel about that subject. Um, way too many freshmen not getting red shirted for the program t- to take a, a significant step forward in any type forward, of rapid fashion. You could go down the list. Yeah. I mean. Tyreek McCord, Al-Qanid Muhammad. I mean, there's so many of them, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that you just wish that they had the luxury of redshirting, and you know, but they didn't, and they didn't really make significant contributions as freshmen. And um, you know, man, you know, you'd love to have those years back. Um, you know, now, now, before you know it, you're going to be re- recruiting to try to replace them. But um, you know, Tracy Howard should be a really good player this year. Uh, very good. You know, I mean, granted, you know, like he started early, that redshirt year probably would have helped him out a great deal. So I think now he, now this is just about where he would have been hitting his stride if he had redshirted. And unfortunately, like you said, it's his junior year instead of his redshirt freshman. I mean, redshirt sophomore year, right? So, yeah. you know, uh, we can't go back in time. We have to play the hand that was dealt to us, you know? You know, Matt, what have your thoughts been on Tracy Howard as you've watched practice, you know, the last week or so? You know, we're actually the week before break. Yeah, I mean, the big thing with Tracy, I mean, his freshman year, if you remember, he wasn't real good. You know, he got burned a lot. It almost seemed like he was was just, like, lost, not paying attention type thing out there. 
Um, just got caught unaware sometimes, it seemed like. And then, um, you know, he's, he's really been, been pretty good since then. The thing, the thing with him that always amazes me is he's not the strongest guy. He's not going to jump the highest. He's not the, one of the fastest guys on the team. But he just always seems to, like, sort of be in the right place. I, I guess, he, he, you know, he has very good technique, um, very, very quick, you know, excellent quickness, which really isn't measured by your 40 time. And, you know, maybe this, this short shuttle can measure it to some extent. Um, you know, I don't have Miami's results on that for him. But he, he's just a guy who just seems to sort of be at the right place at the right time pretty consistently. Um, you know, I, I think he put up some decent interceptions last year, and I, I think he'll be um, – probably the team's best cover corner, you know, um, with Ladarius Gunter, the, the most physical corner this year. Um, and like Gary alluded to earlier, I, I do think the secondary is going to be the strength of the defense. I mean, I, I think Artie Burns is going to step up a lot. I think Tracy and Ladarius could be probably two of the top cornerbacks in the ACC. Um, you know, so things are looking pretty good in that spot. All right, BK, anything else tonight? No, nah, that's it, Gary. Just keep me on hold, okay? All right, you got it. Thanks a lot, Gary. You're doing great. All right. You got it. Thank you. All right. It's 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Um, we got plenty of open lines. Hope everybody calls in. Let's go out now to the 850, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? Going once. Going twice. You're out of here. All right. Let's go now to... The 515, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Who's this? This is Skibby. Hey, what's up, Skibby? How you doing? Oh, you, good. I'm, uh, you've been active, active on the message boards as always. There's no off-season for you. No, no, but uh, I'm dying. I'm I'm <laughs> excited for August to come around. <laughs> yeah. College basketball doesn't cut it for me. Um, you don't do a bracket, talk huh? about the What's that? No, not doing, not doing the billion-dollar well, bracket. You know, if, if you go on Kane Sport, you know, we've got the, the, the billion-dollar bracket challenge in conjunction with Quicken Loans and Yahoo Sports. You can take your shot at winning a billion dollars. Yeah, it's a pretty genius plan. They get all this marketing information from people who have no chance of winning any money. <laughs> <laughs> pretty smart on Buffett's part. Yeah, um, I guess. <laughs> can, we, uh, can we talk about the linebacker position quick. Um, and, right and really, the linebacker position, then, and then maybe a little bit of the, of the scheme, you know. Um, we've talked a lot about 4-3 versus 3-4, and I know that, you know, we're playing, we're trying to be multiple. But the one thing that's been, I guess, troublesome for me is that when it seems like we're in a 3-4 front, it, it doesn't seem like we're playing 3-4 the way you see other teams traditionally do it with, you know, with two what you would consider, you know, outside linebackers who have, you know, outside linebacker skills that, you know, one of them's going to rush and one of them's not, you know, and it, it just seems like when we're in that 3-4, it's really, it's really a 4-3. We just have two rush, rush ends. Are, are we going to, do you think, have you guys seen, are we going to, you know, maybe start the, move into a traditional 3-4 where we, you know, no. can disguise where the blitz is coming from? Nope. I think you're going to continue to see exactly what you've seen. You're going to see a mixture of several different things, and, um, you know, that's what Mark D'Onofrio believes in. In fact, I did a, um, an a, a exclusive interview with him today um, that we may play on tonight's show. If not, it'll be on canesport.com in the morning. Um, and we talked a lot about, 
this exact subject, you know, the, the three, four, four, three, how much it really matters, you know, um, people debate it so much, you know, are they trying to be a three, four, are they, are they a four, three? And, and what Mark told me, which is kind of like what I already knew, is that he likes to be able to do a little bit of everything because um, he gears what he calls towards what he expects from the offense. And um, with all the different things over the course of a season that offenses throw at a defensive team and a defensive coordinator, he feels that having that flexibility is the best way to play defense in today's college football world. And, you know, obviously they need to be, they need to start doing it better than what they've been doing the last three years. Um, obviously some of that does involve better coaching, um, but it also involves better personnel. And, you know, you know my opinion on this, Skibby. You know, a lot of people want to blame this on Coach D'Onofrio, and, and I have very consistently have said all along, this is way bigger than a one-guy um, problem. Uh, so, you know, the personnel's got to get better, and they've got to coach it better. Yeah, can I, can I add something, Gary? Yeah, go ahead, um, I mean, something that, since you mentioned the linebackers, you know, I've been actually watching the linebackers really closely um, in practices, and they just are really struggling to understand what they're supposed to do. They do, like, three-quarter speed walk-through stuff in between 11 and 11 work. And today, for instance, okay, Denzel Perryman, who should know exactly what he's doing, completely blew an assignment when he was supposed to go out to, to take the supposed tight end, which is just a scout team player. And that guy just went completely free. And, you know, Mark, he, you know, a previous time this happened with a different player, Mark sort of lost it on the guy. With Denzel, he almost, what are you going to say? You know, he's supposed to, you know, Mark was just like, Denzel, really? You know, I mean, it, it, the, the guys just don't get it. It's, it's hard. I mean, I coach my kid's baseball team, okay? It's a whole different level, obviously. You know, they're, they're 10 years old. But I explain stuff to these kids that's really basic stuff, how to take a lead from first base. You explain it to them over and over and over again, and they still don't do it. And it's very frustrating. That's what's happening to Mark with these college kids is I'd say 80% of these guys can't do it on a consistent basis. And Denzel's one that can. He just didn't today in that particular instance. But you get one mistake in a game on defense by a guy like Denzel, and that's a touchdown. You know, it happens four or five times with different guys. That's 35 points. So this is what Mark's up against, you know. And he's just trying to do his sort of the bend but don't break type thing and it just doesn't work when you don't have smart personnel, and especially when you don't have personnel that's physically superior to most of the opponents. You combine the fact that they're not that dominant physically where they can make up their mis- for their mistakes that way, and it's just, a, it's just a disaster. And that's, that's what we've seen the last couple of years. And, you know, it's just a shame that they don't have more sort of experienced veteran guys because now they're going to be relying on some freshmen coming in, and it's going to be sort of more of the same, in my opinion, because it's just tough for, to expect these freshmen to really come in. It's nice to say, oh, yeah, Michael Weiss will start and everything, and he's a big body, real strong, but, you know, in college, you need to know what you're doing, you know, 99% of the time. And it's just tough to, to really have a newcomer come in and in one or two months really learn everything that they're supposed to know. So, you know, yeah, I'm hoping the defense and, will be better, but it's going to be tough. And that tells you where they are. I mean, Michael Weiss is going to come in and start. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a starting defensive tackle next year. Um, Olsen Pierre might be playing well enough this spring um, to factor in, in, into the other starting spot at, at, at that position, but um, Michael Weiss is going to walk in off the street in the summer and probably be a starter from day one. And um, But getting back to the original point, this is a defensive team that has been very challenged mentally the last few years. And there have been way too many busts and way too many blown assignments. And um, some people will blame that on coaches. Some people will blame that on players. Um, I don't think we know the answer. 
But without question, as much as they need to get better physically, these guys need to get it better mentally as well. And the other day, Al Golden stopped practice and, and said, take five minutes and, 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 and let's get on the same page about what we're doing because there were so many mental mistakes taking place uh, during the practice repetitions. Well, I mean, I, I just don't get it. I, we're not asking these guys, to, you know, especially the linebacker position. It, you know, I can understand the the issues at defensive tackle and asking these guys to play a two-gap. You know, it's, it's obviously much different than what they play in high school, and it requires, you know, them to be fairly physically dominant. But the linebackers, you know, we're not asking the linebackers to do anything different than you know, any other program in the country, why are they, I, I don't get why they're not understanding this. You know, it's like they can't even read their keys, like at all. It's funny you say that. It's true, it's true. you know. It's like Juwan Young today, twice in a row, I mean, just didn't, he knew the key and just didn't even follow it. Like, sometimes the kids will know the key and they just forget that they're supposed to, what they're supposed to do. <laughs> He's a freshman. I don't know, but I'm just saying in general, I know. Yeah. No, I know. I could give him a pass, but, you know, I mean, right. it, Denzel Perryman, you know, or, or Raphael Kirby. Yeah, they shouldn't be making mistakes. Yeah, yeah and, and I know I mean, Denzel's bounce, you know, he's bouncing between the middle and the outside and all these. He, he, that guy, he should not be making mistakes on the practice field. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's so frustrating, and I don't think people realize that you know how much of an issue that that creates. I mean, the defensive line obviously is. You know, it's been a struggle, but, you know, not having consistent linebacker play, I think, is, you know, maybe been the biggest issue. You know, I mean, well, can I tell you, I, I mean, what I think, honestly, is, is even more frustrating is, you know, and it, did, did you say you've been asked one of the practices already, or that was the previous caller? No, that was no, I live in Iowa. Okay, I don't know if you've been out also, but if you go out to these practices, and I used to cover the team, you know, back in the in the day, you'd go out to a practice, and back then they were open also, you know, um, Miami's practices are open this spring, obviously, but back in those days, you go out to an open practice, and, I mean, you can hear the hits across the field. You can hear the coaches screaming across the field. You can hear their players getting in brawls and getting after it and jawing with each other across the field. And I don't know if it's for better or for worse, but, I mean, I was talking to some other reporters about the spring practices that are open now, and it, we, we compare it to a library. I mean, it's so quiet on Green Tree practice field during practices. It's, it's to me, you know, it's disheartening to me just because I used to love those crazy practices that were those – the old days, you know, the the brawling hurricanes or whatever you want to say they were. But, um, you know, I just I would love to see some of that crazy passion, you know. And I think the coaches are so intent right now on just teaching, teaching, teaching um, that I, I think they've, they've been forced to lose some of that. And I don't know how you balance it or how you get it back, but that's a major issue because, you know, football's about passion. Football's about physical toughness. And right now you go to practice and it's all just about teaching and it's almost like a classroom out there. It's, 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 it's a little weird compared to how it used to be. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how you, how you change that, but I just wanted to share that because that, that I think, needs to change also in terms of the culture of practices. Yeah, well, I would agree, but, you know, and, and, but also, you know, at the same time, they need to teach because of all the mental mistakes this team makes. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. It's, it's, just, it's such a struggle to get better, you know, and I, and I really feel for the whole program because, you know, obviously the fans are desperate for it to get better. The coaches obviously want it to get better, the, you know, and, and the players, you know, should want it to get better. And, you know, it's just so hard with all these different elements that have to come together uh, for this team to get better. And, you know, I personally expect that struggle to continue next season. You know, I, 
um, you know, you can hope you're hoping for a lot of things to happen and 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 uh, have a positive impact on the team, but um, I just don't see this as an overnight solution. I really don't. I I think that this is something that's going to have to build over time. But what Matt said is absolutely correct. You know, the closest thing that I saw, I've seen now, um, and I've been, I think, to four of the practices uh, of the five, is is um, Stacy Coley getting after Rashawn Scott one day to to go full speed in a drill when he didn't feel like he was going full speed in the drill. And that's the closest thing I've seen to that old school, you know, hurricane leadership passion uh, that Matt just spoke about. Um, it just isn't there yet. And, you know, Figueroa's got that fire, but he's, like, the only one. And the other thing I want to mention, like, today, perfect example, okay? And it's, a, it's on our Sport website right now. If you go to today's practice videos, it's at, like, the 53-second mark of the first top video. You go to that spot, and you'll see Tracy Howard does not get up off of, I think it's, it's DeAndre, the running back, um, after the play. And he's sitting on DeAndre for, like, five seconds. Feliciano gets pissed off, grabs Tracy Howard, throws him up over his shoulder, turns him upside down, and is about to pile drive him, and then he realizes, wait a minute, you know, this isn't the old days. He literally just flips him up, back up, pats him off, dusts him down, and just, like, says sorry, and Tracy Howard just walks away. Like, in the old days, would that ever have happened, Gary? No. Tracy Howard would have done something back, or, you know, even if you didn't pile drive him, something was going to happen, the whole team's going to come over, they're going to get after it, and from that point on, the practice is going to be freaking intense and fiery and crazy, and that's what I want to see, you know. But instead, they're just patting each other off. Oh, sorry, you know, you didn't get off him in time. I didn't mean to do that. I mean, it's, like, ridiculous to me. It's just like something's not something's not clicking. And, I, I mean, I, I'm encouraged a little bit by Tracy Howard's, a, you know, perfect example. We talked about him a little bit already earlier in the show. You know, clearly he was having some, you know, some mental difficulties, you know, understanding you know, what he was supposed to be doing at corner. And, and you know, to be quite honest, the corner position is probably one of the more difficult ones to learn. I mean, the, the scheme that they're running, um, you know, is not simple. And it seems like it's clicked for him. You know, as, as you guys have said, he seems to be in the right place all the time. He's not the most athletic corner, but he seems to be understanding things and, you know, starting to be a leader. And I don't know, maybe things just, they, these guys just don't get it. Is that, I mean, do we have to hope that, the, the new guys coming in are, are just going to be able to understand this. I mean, we've, we've seen, if you watch uh, D'Onofrio's defense at Temple, you know, I mean, at times that thing was like, that, it was like a thing of beauty at times. I mean, it, it ran pretty damn well, and, and Golden at, at Virginia, and another example, I mean, it's the same defense, and, you know, it looked fantastic at times. So, is it, are the guys just not good enough? I well, I think it's been a combination of everything. There's, there's no one thing. It's, 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 it's a lot of things. Um, it has been what it has been, you know. It, and it, it, it obviously has to get better. Well, I'm gonna continue right, to be positive about it and, and <laughs> let the good feelings continue to percolate, and, uh, and we'll see. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, put me All on right. hold. All right, you got it. Thanks for calling in. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the um, five six seven where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hello. Who's this? This is, this is Marie, and hi. Um, 
I'm sorry. I'm yelling. I have a cold. I'm currently in Columbus, Ohio, so the weather is going up and down. Hey, you're taking calls from Columbus, Ohio, Gary? This 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 show is going downhill, man. The Canes really? Nation. Come on. No. <laughs> He's kidding. Come the Canes on Nation here. stands all across the globe. Yeah, I found you guys out on Twitter. Nice. All right. So, yeah. So what you got for us tonight, what... Marie? It's, it's, nice, it's nice to have a little female slant on this show. Yeah, you know, yeah. usually, yeah. usually it's guys calling in, so we, we thank you for that. And uh, what you yeah, got for us? Yeah, and I'm calling from a long way from Florida. So, but, yeah, um, actually, I go to, um, but, yeah, I was, I've been following Ohio's, I mean, Miami, sorry. I'm a student at the Ohio State University, but I do okay. follow, I do follow University of Miami Hurricanes, so I'm a fan. So please don't hurt me. <laughs> well, you're in pretty good shape because Ohio, Ohio State's playing some pretty good football, so at least you've got a decent yeah. game for while you're in school there. And uh, then you also get to be a Hurricane fan, so there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so I'm like, please don't hurt me because I go to Ohio State hurt you. and follow you, Miami. What are you talking about? You're treasured. I mean, we don't get that many females call this show. Okay, thank you. But I was... So you're, um, you're a treasured caller right now. So what? Did, did you, you're, so you're a treasured caller right now. So did you have anything you want to um, I've been... Um, trying to follow um, spring, your guys' spring practice. Um, but I was just curious about um, the quarterback position because I know Stephen Morris, he left, and it's still up in the air of, like, who's going to be a quarterback. And I was just wondering your guys' opinion, please. Well, it's officially up in the air. Matt and I don't think it's very up in the air. You know, I mean, we, we, we think Ryan Williams is going is to be the quarterback next fall. Um, but, you know, it is very important that Kevin Olsen make a lot of progress this spring. Um, and he seems to be doing so. And, uh, you know, even if he's not the starter, you, you still want him to be a real high-quality num- number two going into next year. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of reps, a lot of attention going into developing both of those guys. And, um, you know, they're doing pretty well. Okay, I'm just, like, I, like I said, I, I go to Ohio State, and I do follow you guys on Twitter, and pretty much a lot of stuff, Miami on Twitter, and the campus is beautiful down there, and the uh, weather yeah. is so nice. Right, this is my favorite call ever. Why does it say Urban Meyer's daughter on my caller ID when you called into the uh, show here? That's weird. What? <laughs> like, Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Well, the the quarter. If you really want to know about the quarterback situation at Miami, yeah, it's it's, it's gonna. I mean, Ryan Williams is gonna start the year as the as the starter. That's that's my ninety five percent prediction. Okay. And the campus is beautiful. When is your guys' spring practice? Because I know Ohio State is April twelfth. It's it's so. already started. They're 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 about a third of the way through right now. They'll be going no, for the next I mean, three weeks. No, I mean your spring game. It's in three weeks. Okay, because I think that's when Ohio State is, is April 12th. So, no, trust me, it should mean a lot to you guys, and I'm rooting for Miami because I've been rooting for Ohio State pretty much my whole life. So, I like I said, I've become a Kane fan too, 
How did you become a Hurricane? You've been rooting for Ohio State your whole life, but now you're a Hurricane fan? Two, two. All right, well, yeah. what, we, what you got to do also, is you, 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 you got to get on canesport.com. You got to get yourself on canesport.com. Uh, so don't just follow us on Twitter. Um, you, you, you have to spend a lot of time on the message boards. We have a, a, a great war room um, full of a lot of very passionate fans, and I think you should join in and, um, and experience that. Uh, through the spring and into next fall. Yeah, be sure yeah, to tell them to go to Ohio like, State. They they like that. I would love to go to. I would love to go to a Miami football game. It's just it's a little far away from you know Columbus. Well, maybe so, one day, maybe one day you'll you'll get down to a game, or, yeah. or maybe one day Miami will go back to Ohio State. They played there a few years ago. All right, Marie, thank yeah. you so much for calling. We you know we we really so, appreciate so, it. You, uh, coming and being part Thank of the show. Thank you for not being upset that I go to Ohio State and uh, <laughs> is a King fan. So. Upset? Are you kidding? You. you know how many Hurricane fans go to other schools? There, there's, there's, there's Hurricane fans at every school in the country. You know, yeah, it, it does, yeah. being a fan of so, a team doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with where a kid goes to school. You know, kids go to school <laughs> where it makes sense for them academically or where they can afford to go. Um, it doesn't change so, the team they have. It's so far athletics at Ohio State. I am still a diehard Buckeye fan, but I do follow Miami, too. Well, Miami's very happy to have you, and you, you can cheer for the Hurricanes anytime you All want. Right. Thank you so much okay. for being part of the show. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, hey, Gary, what's wrong with you? Come on. Somebody comes on our show nice and says she's a diehard Ohio State fan. You don't hang up on her? No, come on. She's a nice girl. She she found us on Twitter. She she called the show. I, hey, she had this. She doesn't, know, she doesn't know anything about the quarter. She, all she knows is Miami has a nice campus, she thinks. She thinks. Well, That's about I mean, all she knew she, about anything. Why Why would somebody like that even want to call in? I don't even get. I don't even understand that. I want to get her back on the line so I can interrogate her a little bit. At least she had the sense to ask about the quarterback competition. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think she knew who their what their names were. She didn't. I want to All ask right. her the name of the stadium, Miami. Play. I got a whole list of questions for her if she calls back in. <laughs> I don't know if she'll do that. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the eight five zero where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? You there? See, they got bored to death by that girl. I'm telling you, that's a bad move. <laughs> All right, going once, going twice. No more you five. Out. You see a five, six, seven on there. Uh, my my guess is you shouldn't pick it up next time. All right, deal. <laughs> All right, let's try the five one zero this time. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? How you doing this evening? I'm actually calling you from Oakland, California. All right. Uh, see, I know what I'm talking about. We got hurricane <laughs> fans everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. I grew up in Florida and actually moved and finished high school in Cincinnati, and I was not ever an Ohio State fan. (laughs) Thank God. You're welcome to speak. (laughs) No, no, I I thought it was kind of cute that we actually had a girl call. I mean, so what if she's an Ohio State fan? She called in and basically mocked everybody, saying, I'm I'm a huge Ohio State fan, and I follow Miami also on the side. But she complimented the weather and the campus? I I just picture her in a room with frat with frat guys that dared her to call in and, and say that she's a huge Ohio State fan. That's what I'm picturing right now. I don't know what actually happened, but that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> sure. Uh, my question is, is I go on some of the sites and read some of the comments that the fans are making, and my question is, why are the fans uh, so negative on some of the sites uh, about the Kings the last few years? Granted, they have not been winning. 
How long have you been a Canes fan? Uh, That's who should ask the girl before, not him. <laughs> well, I, I was a good friend of Neil Colsey when he played at Ohio State, who's from Colorado. Oh, Cole my God, Daniel, Neil so. Colsey. Oh, I, he That's and I right. go way back. I knew Neil. Okay, well, Neil I, knew his, I knew his Neil, brother, James. Right, right. So, But my question is, is that I remember when they were winning in dominating college football in the last couple of years, um, there's been inconsistency in coaching. So with that comes different ideas and thoughts and plans, and the kids have to make the adjustments. The thing that I'm seeing here the last couple of years with the staff with Golden, I think he's doing some things that are decent, but I'm a little confused why he's being um, stubborn about some of the defensive philosophy. And, I mean, I could take my comment off the air um, because it's, it's baffling for me when you see your defense getting gouged for 400, 200 yards, and then to say that the kids are playing out of position. The first time I heard it, it left me a little uncomfortable because I'm like, well, damn, they're only playing what you've been, they've been taught to play. So if you can respond to that, thank you. All right, well, let's deal with the first issue first, which is, you know, why are the fans so upset? And, um, here's what I'll tell you. I mean, this program established sort of an unprecedented standard um, back when things were going good, and it's now been 10 seasons since Miami's played in a, in a real meaningful bowl game. And um, it's been a long 10 years, and I think people are just very, very frustrated. And, you know, fans express their frustration very in a very animated fashion, and I think that's what you see um, on this show, on the Internet, and, and everywhere else you go. So, I, you know, I think that that's very clearly answers that question. It's just been 10 long years, very frustrating times, and um, I think everybody just is, is every keeps hoping that the next season will be the one where things get right, and it just never seems to be the case. So, um, you know, that answers that question. Now, um, defensive philosophy, um, you know, you could write a book on, on, on this subject right now. It, it's such a complicated issue here at Miami. Um, you know, you've got the question that everybody has raised, which is, is the coaching good enough? And a lot of people want to blame the coaches. Um, so you'll get some different viewpoints there. Um, I don't think there's any question that the level of talent that they've been playing defense has not even been close to good enough. Um, and, and I don't know anybody that thinks it has. I mean, you look at what they've been playing with on the defensive line, not even close. Uh, we, we just got done talking about the linebacker position and all the problems they've been having there. I mean, in the secondary, you're playing with, you know, very nice kid, A.J. Highsmith, but, you know, that's not a major front-line Division One defensive back. I mean, come on. Um, you know, and, and Casey Rogers was a journeyman his whole career, and, um, you know, these are the guys getting the most significant playing time at a, a key safety positions and stuff. So, I mean, it, it just has not been even close. Um to where it needs to be before you even get into debating schemes and three fours and four threes and, and things like that. And like I said earlier, I had a detailed conversation today with Mark D'Onofrio that you can, um, if we don't get to it on tonight's show, um, it'll be on the website in the morning. Um, and you can listen to what he had to say about that question. But, you know, I, I think there's way too much focus on schemes and not enough focus on um, upgrading, upgraded personnel um, and, you know, better coaching of it and development of it. 
Matt, you have anything to add to that? Um, no, I mean, I think you hit it right on the head, you know. I mean, we, we sort of already touched on it. But I, I, I will add about the fans, you know, being negative. I, I think it's just it, it's not Miami fans. You know, it's, it's all fans. They, they tend to um, – I mean, if you, go on the, <laughs> if you go on any school's message board after a victory – it's never as active as if you go on a school's message board, any school, after a, after a loss, because one of the favorite things fans love to do is second guess. That's sort of why we're fans. You know, oh, well, I do this different, I do that different, you know. It's hard to say I do this different or that different if you win the game, you know. I mean, you could certainly say a little bit here and there, but when you lose a game, it's a lot easier to say, oh, we would have won if this or if that. And people tend to be a lot more emotional after losses also. They don't sort of look at it objectively like coaches do. You know, coaches can't afford to get emotional after losses or victories too much, you know, even though it does happen, obviously. You know, they, they're much more analytical about it, look at the film, make this correction, make that correction. And I think that's where the disconnect comes between fans and coaches that maybe the fans don't understand, um, you know, when, when coaches sort of maybe aren't making drastic changes after a loss that fans want to see. Oh, well, we lost by, you know, 30 points. We have to do everything completely different, fans want to say. But to coaches, it's just – you know, a, a bust here, a bust there, you know, maybe five major mistakes that, that wound up being 28 points or something like that, and they're trying to fix those five mistakes that fans don't really understand. So I, I, I don't know if that sort of helps under, you understand maybe more why um, I think fans get more adamant about things when, um, when there are losses. But in terms of the other stuff, yeah, I think Gary hit it right in the head. All right, 646-595-2048. That's the number, 646-595-2048. If you're listening and you want to contribute to the show, Feel free to call right on in, and right now we are going to go out to the 850 again, um, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? Going once, going twice. It's Tallahassee. I guess they're still celebrating. Uh, I mean, what's up with Tallahassee and Columbus, Ohio today? Seriously, it's all Tallahassee, Columbus, <laughs> Ohio. Well, let's try Connecticut, the 203, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hi, Gary. I think uh, that's Connecticut, I'm not sure right? if I want to thank you yeah. or, uh, or curse you, but uh, what Uh-oh. you've done is uh, you set me up for um, uh, expecting another year of uh, uh, maybe disappointing hurricane uh, football, at least on the defensive side. Well, it, it depends what your level of expectation is. It, you know, I, I, yeah, wait a second. My <laughs> level of expectation is, uh, uh, is I think, what it ought to be for almost any Kane fan, certainly after these last several years. And well, uh, I would, let, me, let me just finish this. I want to get it off my chest. I think it's there. Uh, you know, once again, uh, we hear that... Uh, uh, your eye, through your eyes and through Matt's eyes, and, you know, both of you guys are, you know, you certainly, you know the game, uh, uh, but you're not, you're not quite being as candid with, uh, with at least us as, as you might be. Oh, I think uh, we're totally because I'm sure you get it. Let, let me just finish this a second, a little long, but uh, I think these guys, and that's right now apparently including Denzel Perriman, uh, probably the you know the combination of the most skilled and the most experienced guy. He he doesn't understand what's going on after several years, and and that's certainly true of some of these other guys that are that are playing and are probably going to expect to be playing. We're we're dealing with a either a 
philosophy or a coaching staff, and I think it's going right up to Coach D right down, uh, who, who is stubbornly insisting on getting his, uh, uh, his approach followed by guys and kids, for the most part they're kids, uh, who aren't going to be able to display, display uh, top-flight uh, defensive football. Uh, and, and we've now seen it for several years, and we're going to see it again. Uh, we're, admittedly, and you've said it, it's absolutely true, if you're not dealing with, with a top-flight talent, you may not get top-flight performance. But I, I, I'm throwing out the idea that these are guys that, that while they may not be top-flight, they're even operating at below their level of, of capability because they're going slow trying to sort of to get it on as the game is progressing. And, uh, and they're, they're, not playing, they're not playing with the instinct that they otherwise would play with uh, if they understood the system. And, the, and they don't understand the system because maybe, maybe it's too, quote, sophisticated uh, for, you know, for the Hurricanes. Uh, and, uh, you know, I get back to this thing about you hear about great coaches in the past where, where somebody would talk about another coach and saying he could take your plays and, and beat you with, with less talent. Uh, uh, D'Onofrio... And, and probably uh, Coach Al uh, are taking a, a group of kids who, who quite uh, honestly have not been able to perform on the field, and, uh, and based on what you're saying, at least so far in this spring practice, are going to be expecting to perform or underperform the same way next year. Right, well, they did, you know, they did win nine games last year. Okay? They went from seven to nine. Okay, so you, I don't think, you know, to be fair, I don't but think... But let's look say, at the quality of those wins I and also the quality I, I, of the I, losses. I, I and and they've been, they looked embarrassingly outplayed any number of times. Yeah, I, I, I understand. And, and hey, we're, hey we're Gary. On, we're on the same page, yeah? Yeah, I was going to say, he's in Connecticut, right? Yep. Yeah, you, you're not going to win an argument with him, Gary. I mean, the, he, the guy's been inside. It's been, I think, snowing and freezing cold. He's been studying this place. No, no, no. I, I go back in, 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 in living and dying hurricane football. First of all, I'm an alum. Secondly, I started following hurricane football in the mid-50s. Uh, and I know what it was and what it can be. And I certainly know what it should be. I happen, I happen to have been uh, at the uh, at the Virginia Tech game, and I saw how outplayed we were. Uh, and then I watched uh, two or three other games on on the tube when they really continue to play well below uh, the standards that Miami should be expected to play at. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about we we were. We were overrated when we were what number seven uh, in you know in uh, in the rankings. We but at the same time we we were uh, we were playing well below our real potential, or let's call it our, 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 the potential that they could have been at had they been well coached, uh, at least on the defensive side, the last part of the season. 
and I get back, I can't get away from it. I was hoping up until the night that maybe, maybe Golden and D'Onofrio had, quote, gotten it and said, okay, let's, let's go back to a, quote, simpler or more basic set of systems with these, which these guys can, can understand. But apparently, we don't know that it's too complicated. I mean, I've never heard anybody say the system is way too complicated. Well, uh, based on results, uh, if if you're showing guys that are playing and now in uh, uh, Perriman, while he may have switched back and forth, he's still a linebacker. He's he's played in that system. If he's confused. Uh, God help us with some of these other guys that are that are uh, have less years under their belt coming in. Well, you're right, and that's been yeah, part of their problem the last few years. Well, and uh, uh, you're hitting you're hitting on the head. I mean, you remind me of like a you're like a, a northeastern Don Solinger. You know, you got the same voice, the husky voice, and you talk <laughs> like a, it's like a soliloquy, a beautiful soliloquy that goes on for ten minutes. Where you know, if I'm in, like when I when we used to interview Don Solinger. We wouldn't get any, any other interviews done because you ask him one question and he talks for ten minutes. You know, that's like it's well, like talking to Don all over okay. again. Okay, I, I don't know Don, but, you're, you're, but you're I know of him. But apparently, but he's a guy. You know, his his kind of talent could have been used and might still be able to be used at the yeah. Uh, no, no, no doubt. The no. Point is, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing incorrect about what you said. You have put it fairly eloquently, yeah. and I, I don't yeah, disagree with anything you said. I I agree. You totally know what you're talking about. Um, but to get back to your original point, um. There's clearly no, there's nobody like trying to paint any negative pictures or anything. It's just, it's reality. No. Okay, and if you want me to give you the what ifs for next year, I mean, if Michael Weish comes through the door this summer and is the second coming of Cortez Kennedy, um, you know, if um, Ufamba Kamalu, who looks like a beast on the practice field right now in spring practice, really shows up for the fall and is a beast and could put Anthony Ciccolo on the bench, um, if, you know, Quan Muhammad, you know, puts on another 20, 25 pounds and, 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 and adds muscle and strength in the off-season conditioning program and can um, fulfill what everybody believes is his potential at the other end spot um, and, and develop more of a pass rush, if Tyreek McCord can make the transition and, and, and maybe become a linebacker, um, if, the, if these young freshmen... Uh, Darian Owens and Jawan Young, who are physically ready, um, can learn their playbook and become contributors in the fall. If Tracy Howard really becomes what everybody expected Tracy Howard to be, if Ladarius Gunther can play more consistently, um, if some of those other cornerbacks like Artie Burns can do a little bit better than they did last year, if Jamal Carter who looks like Sean Taylor out there physically can play at even 70% of the level that Sean Taylor played at and replace Rayshon Jenkins at safety. If Deion Bush can come out there and, and play the way everybody hoped he would when he made a couple big hits as a freshman and everybody thought he was going to be an All-American based on that. Um, you know, I could sit here and throw all these ifs at you all day long that would allow you to I think you just did. And we all live in hope. You know, but first of all, there are two things. Number one, and I think Matt may have raised the point before, that all it takes is one guy frequently being out of position or, or, or not quite uh, uh, being at the right spot at the right time, and the other team will score 35 points, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that's been the pattern. And and I and what I'll submit is I think these athletes and they are athletes, even the even the two star guys, they're uh they're exceptional athletes. And I get back again to the idea I think they're operating at considerably below their potential because they're in the back of their mind they're saying, Hey, uh should I be here or should I be there? And they're sort of, uh, they're, they're, they're not doing it out of their normal instinct the way they would be if they fully understand, understood where they ought to be, and they don't because of the effing system and the lack of ability of the coaching staff to get it through to them so they're operating consist, uh, uh, instinctively. But potential is relative. You know, we could sit there and say they're not playing up to their potential, but who's deciding what their potential is? You know, we don't. You know, based on what? No, I mean his, well, his point. His point. His point is they're not playing at full speed because they're thinking too much, which is true. I mean, I agree with that part of it, but I agree with you too, Gary. That that yeah, potential is hard to measure. But yeah. but I think his his major point is they're not playing at full speed because they're trying to think too much and they don't know exactly what they're doing. right. And 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 how how long do they have to be going to find out? Hey, maybe. Maybe this level of player ain't going to be able to operate at at full speed because they quote can't get it. Right. Well, there's there's a, there's the old you know the old coaching adage that um, you know he goes 100 miles per hour, but in the wrong direction. You know, and sometimes yeah. that actually yeah. wor- works out. You know, because sometimes the wrong direction will quickly turn into the right direction. You know. Yeah. But, um, well, look, but that's, I, that's the I, question. You know, would you rather have a guy going 80 miles an hour in the right direction or a guy going 100 miles per hour but sometimes in the wrong I'd direction? Rather have us playing, I'd rather have us playing consistently good winning football. And, and even though we won nine last year, uh, I, and I think you guys are probably the same way, uh, you weren't really that comfortable with all of the wins that we had included in that nine. And you were also... Aghast at the way we lost some of those games that we lost. Man. Gary, you should you should have us take a break. This guy can just run the show. We don't need to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Let him take well, a break. All right, I, I, they, we we got a, we got a, a bunch of other folks that want to get that. on. Thank you so much for calling. You you you, you know you you you're spot on. Um, even though you've probably been indoors for the last three months up there in Connecticut. Um, <laughs> I, I imagine you've had, you've had a lot of time to think about the um, the struggles of the Hurricanes, and uh, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us tonight. Um, great call. Thank hey, you. Uh, go, go Got it. Right, next time, hey, Gary, next time he comes on with that 10-minute soliloquy to start off, right after he finishes it, say, say you know, I'm sorry, um, you know, you, you cut out at the beginning. Can you repeat that? Just see what he says. <laughs> Well, but at least he knew what he was talking about. All right. Six, oh, he's he he great. I'm telling you, he could, he could host a show. You should he make really him the host was. for a midweek show. Yeah. All right. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. If you think you can top that last call, feel free to call in. In the meantime, <laughs> we're going to try the 850 once again. Where Seriously. You're now live on Sport Live. We're trying. Is anybody home this time in the 850? Come on, Jimbo. Wow. Pick up. Jimbo. Wow, it must, be, it must be Jimbo. All right, let's come back home to the 954. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Yo. That's you. <laughs> you sound like you're calling, calling from your bathroom. <laughs> you with us? Oh, brother. 
right. <laughs> He's doing something. Let's go to the um, 770 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Oh, I like 770. Oh, what's 770? Get a lot of recruits from up that area. Are you with us? Well, I don't, I don't that's, know uh, that's, that's Alan Bailey. That's Alan Bailey's uh, area code. Oh, yeah. The, 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 he probably was calling on the cell phone. They have bad cell phone service out there on that island. Let's try uh, the 202, which I think is Washington, D.C. You're now live on Sport Live. Are you with us? What's everybody doing tonight? Let's try the... Do you want me to impersonate? Um, I can impersonate some voices. Uh, Gary, can you uh, talk about the quarterbacks? Who's going to start a quarterback? <laughs> Are you can suggesting that everybody from the Northeast has a deep voice? All right, let's try the... Um, <laughs> let's try the 614 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yes, sir. You're on the air. Oh, great. Um, yeah, I was wondering... Uh, you know, I came in the middle of the show, but I've been a... Um, uh, subscribing to you guys for a long time, so it's been uh, really good. You guys do a great job. So if this question has been answered already, I'm sorry. Um, how many years do you think we're really away from being top caliber uh, team? Do you think it's two years away, three years away? What's I mean, I know it's a lot of uh, scenarios can come into play, but what do you think? Me, me personally, I mean, yeah. it looks like three to me. Matt, what would you say? Man, I mean, that's a great question. You know, I, I hate to um, answer a question with another, with another question, and it's not really a question answer, but, I mean, honestly, they're as far away from getting back to, you know, in the national championship game as they are from getting a, a, a really top-level quarterback and a couple of defensive line, you know, major, major playmakers. That's all they need to me. Get two freaking studs, on, one on the interior, one on the end at defensive line, and get them, a, you know, a five-star quarterback who plays like a five-star quarterback in college, and they're right there. That's how close. Yeah, and I'm are. just not sure they have any of those right now. I don't. I'm not. They I'm don't have any. But if they get those three players, they they get all the pieces together. You know, they yeah, just need a role and, and, and a great that's quarterback. Everybody in the country. Else. I mean, everybody in the that's country can say the same thing. You know, I, I don't <laughs> see a dominating defensive lineman. Um, Kamalu looks like he could be. <laughs> um, you know, physically, he, he's he's really come along and he and he looks the part. Um, but until September, we're not going to know how he plays. Um, there certainly is nobody else on the roster that would be a candidate for that type of status. Um, and quarterback, you know, I think you got to hope that Brad Kaya can develop into that. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, um, obviously being an Ohio State Buckeye, uh, I graduated from Ohio State, so I'm a huge Buckeye and a Hurricane fan. But um, I'm hearing from some people out here that uh, some guys for the recruiting that Stacy Coley, I mean, we saw – I mean. He's just going to be amazing. I mean, I was talking to this one guy at Ohio State, and they think that Coley is just uh, he's one of the best wide receivers, and we saw him last year, what he was doing. So uh, I, I think he'll be the top really receiver in the country this year. That's my personal I, opinion. I, I think so, too. And they also love the uh, the guy that they got, Dixon. They, they knew that Miami wanted him, and they were really pumped up that uh, they got him. I'm yeah, too bad no, we he's missed good. him, but. But, you, but um, I think Stacey Coley is going to be the best receiver in the country this year. That's 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 what I really believe. Wow, that's huge. That's that's yeah. I'm, I'm hoping too. And then the final question is, uh, uh, Malcolm, do you think he's going to be back? To, uh, I mean, is, how's it looking? Or is he? I, it seems like he's still on hold. Is that is that good, bad, or is that, are they just protecting him? Or what do you think? Go ahead, Matt. I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, Malcolm's still in yellow. He just he's. I mean, it, it sounds like. 
is sort of crazy, but I mean, he's just really never come back off these injury problems. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't think, I don't think he's the same receiver now that he was before that, that you know, horrible injury. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know that he'll get back to that point in the near future. Um, but I'm not quite sure what to tell you on that because it's just it's hard to predict the. The other issue for Malcolm is just that there's other players right now that it looks like can sort of, you know, take over in the slot. Like this Garrett Kidd guy that just gave a scholarship to, he can play in the slot pretty well. And, and then obviously Braxton Berrios, it looks like if he comes back 100%, he could even, you know, have a pretty big impact in that spot. You know, he's got a very, very good body type to play in the slot. And the truth is, just from what I've seen of Malcolm, he's he's gotten squatter almost in a, in a Dallas Crawford mold. I, I don't know why, but... He doesn't look like a slot receiver. Like he, when he first came in, he looked thin, lithe, and quick, and now he just looks sort of stocky when I just look at him. I don't know how that translates because, like I said, I haven't really seen him do much. Um, he didn't play much last year, and he's been limited all spring. hasn't really run around. So, you know, I, I think that's a, a, a sort of a to-be-answered question. But that's just my initial impressions. The only things I can give you right now is just my observations looking at him. So that's basically what I'm giving you. Yeah, that's great. That's a great point. I appreciate your guys' help. It's awesome. You guys do a really good job and. And that that cane board, that cane sport, uh, I mean, it, it gets brutal on there, and it's just people are passionate, and it's. But uh, nothing wrong with passion. No, nothing wrong with it. Well, thanks a lot, guys, and uh, Alrighty, good thanks. luck to you. And I look forward to seeing you guys again. You know, obviously for the rest of the year. You got it. Thanks, thanks. for calling the show. Bye-bye. All right, let's go now to the eight one three, where you are now live on Cane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing fine. What about yourself? Good. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Hey, listen, uh, I'm a, I've been a, a, a Miami Hurricane fan for the last past 20 years, and I hope that I'm seeing what Al Gordon doing, and it, it kind of makes me feel good because, I, I, honestly, I'm, like, really ex, extremely sick and tired of Florida State and beating us, and you can understand my pain right now because I hate to see that. Uh, but well, the, with you, the recruitment, you may, you may have to live with it for another year or so. Oh, you think it's so? It's going to be tough to beat those guys next year. It really is. I mean, they're coming here, so that helps. But um, you know, they've got a they've got a lot of talent back. Yeah, absolutely, and I understand, I understand that also. But I'm kind of looking at the with the additions that we have with uh, Chad Thomas and uh, a couple of other guys. I think that we're going to make a big hurdle. We is in sense everything, the forms of uh, how they have everything shut right now with four seeds go, and they go in out of the four seeds, two will go to the national championship. I think we could really make a push for it with the additions of the recruitments that we have coming in in 2015. The only thing that I ask is that our, uh, that our defense step up like we know how to step up, you know, playing Miami football because that's something that we've been lacking. You just need some of those ifs I just went through a few minutes ago to come through, you know. Oh, ab- ab- absolutely, absolutely, and, and you know, and actually, that's the only thing that we're missing right now is that if if, if we could get that back intact, I think we'd do we'd do extremely good because we have some extremely good quarterbacks uh, with Kevin Olson and also Kayla, and if we kind of look for the future, you talking about 2015, 2016. I think we'll be back in the national championship race. And, and, and only thing I can say is go, Hurricanes, go, because I love my Miami Hurricanes. All righty. You got anything else for us tonight? 
Oh, no, that's about it, buddy. All right, man, thanks for calling in. We appreciate okay. it. Okay, thanks All right, six, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's try the seven seven two, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? You with us? <laughs> going once, going twice. He's out of here. All right, let's try the uh, the seven three two, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hi Gary, hi Matt. This is uh, Ken from Ocean Township, New Jersey. Hey, what's uh, up, Ken? How are you? Oh, I am doing fine. This gorgeous winter weather, nothing like it. You know, <laughs> 10 degrees, 5 degrees, a lot of snow, <laughs> a lot of ice, and now nothing spring like... is almost here. Okay, yeah, it's uh, funny. I got it. Before, you, before you go on, it's so funny. I got a text from, um, uh, I guess I think it was yesterday, from a Hurricane fan in, in Detroit. And um, he, he, oh he, sends me, he sends me a picture of his front yard and... Um, they had just had about eight inches of snow overnight, and everything was buried. And um, he was just telling me how much he just like couldn't wait for football season to get here, so he could um, come down to South Florida and go to some games. But uh, yeah, you guys who live up north got it a, a little tough this year. Oh, it, it's really been very, very unusual. I have never gone through anything like that. But uh, what the what the heck? At least my house is heated. It's, we're in one piece, and then we'll have the summer. It'll be hot as hell again, and I'll have to put the air conditioning on. But uh, seriously, a um, couple of questions uh, in my mind. What I found a little unusual is the fact that Al Golden opened up uh, spring practice. My question to both you and Matt how do you observe anything and what they can do when it's an open practice? Because I am sure that other schools are, scout, are scouting these players. Nah, they're Can not you? doing anything. Well, they're, they're not doing anything that anybody's going to scout. <laughs> it's, 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 there's nothing. That's what I mean. Well, I, I would figure they would be doing nothing. So how do they get to know their their playbooks and so forth? Are they uh, having a secret session in the middle of the night somewhere? Because no, it's I the same have, I, they just they, they just went through twelve games with. Everybody knows the players. Right. Of course. When, I remember when I had Andy Gustafson as the coach, he had all his practices closed. The only problem is everybody knew what he was going to do. He never changed anything. Right. So you, bring up a great, you bring up a great point because by them opening practice, they're telling every opponent, we're not changing any, anything this year. You know, Because right. if they were, they'd be working on it now. If they were doing you, drastic you, changes you, in offense or defense, they wouldn't be having these open practices. So you're absolutely right. They're trying to balance marketing versus football stuff, and I guess the marketing went out this spring. But I don't well, disagree I with you. Also, I think... I, you know, I think you there's a couple other things, yeah, too. You, you notice okay, Ken, Seattle Seahawks. Ken, before you go on, I think there's a couple other things in yeah. play, too. Um, yeah. I, I think that, A, um, Al Golden likes having people out there because, you know, I, he, he feels like maybe the players will respond to that a little bit. And, Gary, Gary and, how many and, people have been out there? It's been a media member. There's but, barely but any fans that show up. Really crazy. I was say, that hasn't worked because the fans aren't coming out for practice. But um, the other thing I'm going to throw out, and I haven't – I haven't confirmed this, and, and I just haven't asked about it, but uh, another issue could be the fact that in the NCAA sanctions, um, there were limitations put on the number of times that kids could visit um, and, and, and things like that. And um, I'm not sure if, that, if, the, if open practices changes that or not. Um, 
but but that could possibly be a factor as well. That's that it gives the, gives the high school kids more opportunities to come out, possibly. Yes, and the other thing I would, and this may be wishful thinking on my part, but I uh, just bear with me my analogy. When you, when the Canes were a very good team, they used to have these backup uh, players, you know, the younger players, and when we had a blowout, they would be in the lineup. Now, taking that in consideration, you notice. With Golden teams, we had to play a lot of freshmen who should have been redshirted. Your perfect example would have been Tracy Howard. So basically, yeah. if he was redshirted, he would only be a sophomore this year. And it's the same where, you know, across the board with a, with a number of players. Now, I was going to say something about Seattle Seahawks, and I lost my train. If you notice that team, they didn't play. Seattle Seahawks don't play a scheme. They just come at you. They disrupt the quarterback. They didn't change anything. They don't. They don't do any switching, and whatever. And if you have an overpowering team and you can get away with that, you can do it. You, you can play man or zone and and whatever. But my hope is that these guys are growing up. And I'm considering. I'm using my base year, 2012. I I think 2012, other than a couple of players, was not really Golden's recruiting year. So when you're looking at the 2012 player. You have now basically juniors uh, and redshirt sophomores. So, the, so he's finally developing a team as he can go along. And then next year, 2015, will actually really be his first legitimate senior class. Am I reading? Am I reading this wrong? Provided he gets, you know, the, basically defensive tackle. Then, as, as you and Matt said, uh, we have to get uh, or me assure that we're going to have a, a top-flight quarterback. Am I reading it wrong? I don't think so. And that's that's my theory. And my hope is that some of these guys like Muhammad and uh, McCord are going to be very aggressive and and will be in position. And the idea is to be uh, aggressive. I do not like blitzing. I don't think that's necessary. But put all the pressure on the quarterback and don't let these guys get loose. That's that's basically all I have to to say. So I'm I'm being hopeful, maybe wishful thinking, but I've been around much too long to uh, to, 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 to think negatively because you have, to, you have to think forward. And just what you said, he had a good defense in Temple. And it is no accident that guys like Muhammad Wilkerson and Knighton, who play for Seattle, are first-rate uh, NFL uh, defensive tackles. So they have a track record of developing these players. Okay, so just leave me on the all right, line and I'll listen to the show. And thank you very much again. Okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll leave you on hold. Thank you so much. All right, all right. Let's go out now to the um, the nine one seven where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, what's up? Speaking here, Kane. I really didn't want to come back on, but you know I was just listening, so it must have been a okay. Some kind we'll of error. But I got something to say. Go ahead. I got something to say. Go ahead, quick, go. Um, uh, 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 all right, uh, um, about the offensive line, right? Um, you know, how do you think this Gabois kid is going to is going to fare out this year? He's doing okay, um, way better than I think anybody expected. And, and right now, it's looking like he's going to be the starter at right tackle. Um, the big question will be how fast Casey McDermott can develop. Um, but right now, they're having him kind of back up on both the left and right side. Um, and it's looking like Gadbois might be ready to go this fall. Yeah, can I weigh in on that okay. as well? 
Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Sounds BK, good. I'm going to put good. you back. I'm going to put you back on hold so you can listen. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. You got all it. Right, well, well, yeah, go first ahead, of all, I think we start. I think we start rating some of these phone callers just for fun, like one to ten or even a zero sometimes. But um, the uh, the thing with Gadbois, and I, I heard this from somebody close to him, um, you know, not that long ago. He he basically couldn't do the conditioning or the workout, um, you know. So he was horrible in terms of getting the work done. And the person I spoke to actually thought he was going to leave the program. This was when he was a freshman, okay. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember back back in the day, he actually wound up going to a military school. He was like had attitude problems coming out of high school. Um, he was basically a problem kid coming into Miami. And his first year at Miami was a disaster. And this kid, I mean, all credit to him, he has turned it around. He really has. His conditioning still isn't where it needs to be, but he's working. He's fighting. He's he's got his head on straight finally. And I'm so happy for him, and Miami needs him, and he does look really good because he's got all the physical skills. I mean, he's a monster to, to look at. You know, when I had the interview, my arm got tired trying to hold it up to his head. You know, he's like an Eric Winston height guy, you know. I mean, he's way up there, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, somewhere in there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with where he's come from to where he is now, which is what I really wanted to add to that. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that totally. Um, all right, let's try the um, 813 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Derek. Who's Hello? this? Yeah, who's this? Oh, it's Andre. I'm hey, Tampa. what's up, Andre? How you, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I just went on my break, so that'll be good. Uh, uh, what I was calling about is, uh, okay, I, I, I was just reading how uh, Trevor Olsen is coming on in the and, you know, in the uh, practice, you think there's any way where, I think I talked about this earlier uh, last year, that we should just go with a younger quarterback and just go through all the, all the little, you know, the, the sweat and pain for him to just to get the system down for three or four years? Only if he's the best guy. I mean, he's got to be the best guy. I mean, you're not going to just put a, a senior – uh, you know, and, and say your career is over if if he's better than the, the than the freshman or sophomore. No, but we. I mean, I, I'm not saying Ryan might not be good, but I, I, I'm just saying we we doing this one year of hit wonder, you know. And I I, I see okay after Ryan, you, now you got Kevin, you got uh, the other quarterbacks coming in, and just I, I just think well if 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 Olsen is well just close to where Williams at. I, I, I think he should get the nod. Well, I, I think I, if, it's, I, if, if it's even or, like, really close to even, um, then right. maybe the younger guy gets the nod. But, I mean, the onus is on the older guy to be better. I mean, he's the one that's been in the program. Uh, Ryan Williams right. has been here for four years now. I mean, he should be better. And, and right now he is. Does that answer your question? Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, what's this with uh, with Chicolo? Uh, do you see Chicklow coming back his senior as a force, or you just see him? No, I don't. As maybe just you know. I think one of the keys to next season is that they're able to replace him. How about that? And his dad, I, I, I hope his dad's not listening because he'll get mad at me. And I've known Tony Chicklow for a, for a long, long time. Um, but young Tony um, Anthony has has just not fulfilled what everybody thought he was going to be, and. Um, He's not good enough. I mean, he's just not. He's not good enough 
for this team to make progress defensively. And to me, one of the keys, you know, obviously is, is that Kamalu, for starters, is, is able to supplant him. And, and, and the Chad Thomas comes in ready to play. And, you know, they, they need better performance at that position. You know, obviously, right. you know, Muhammad is another one, obviously. You know, um, they need better performance from their defensive ends than what they've been getting. Um, I don't think – I think Anthony Chicklow is a backup. That's my personal opinion. Well, uh, you know what? I was, I was the answer I was waiting all year for you to say. I'll wait you agree? Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I, I, just, right. I think I, – I really think the coaches – I'm not saying they mess his career uh, by putting a lot of weight on or – I know what you said that he was lightweight when he came in, but I, I, I think when he came in as a freshman, his heightness and and the way he used to—I mean, he came in, he, he he did pretty good. But I think adding that weight, not having a uh, dominant defensive tackle uh, playing next to him, I, I I just think that really hurt him. And now he got all his weight on him, and and he really can't do that. And I I think that really hurt his career. I mean, I hope that he come back and get 20 sacks. But I, I, I mean, I believe I hope that Kamala, or Chad, uh, you know, Chad, beat him out. I'm be honest with you. I just I, I, I think I'll be better for the team. I mean, I think he's a third down tackle is what I think he is. But we'll see. Okay. All right. Anything but, else know, just, tonight? All right. Just keep me on hold. I can hear the rest of the show. Um, you've got it. I've got you on hold. All right. Um. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We've got about a little more than a half hour of, of show left, so plenty of time for you to still call in. And um, let's go out right now to the. Um, we'll go to the three o five Miami, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? You with, you with us? Going once, going twice. We hear you breathing. Are you talking? <laughs> All right. You'll have to call back. Um, let's try. That was Tony Ciccolo. Tony, Tony yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, he, w- he wouldn't be very happy with me right now. But you know what? Um, it's hey, Tony, I disagree with Gary. If you see me at practice, I disagree. <laughs> I I just don't think he's good enough. I really don't. All right, let's go. Out I don't know. You know, I tried to find out today from. I mean, Anthony wouldn't talk about it, but he's had this major toe injury. It's been bothering him forever. I was trying to find out if it's really affected his explosiveness last season because that could explain a lot. If not, I agree with you. But if he was hampered last season by the injury, like all season, if it was something that was lingering that he didn't report at first, then I I am more optimistic than I would be otherwise. That's the only optimism I would have there. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, let's go to seven seven five where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, uh, hi, fellas. Um, I was wondering if you had any uh, knowledge of the way uh, Golan conducted practices uh, when he was at Temple. And the reason for that is um, I noticed that, uh, uh, at least I got the impression that uh, Golan stopped uh, tackling drills and he wasn't using game, game conditions uh, in, in the tackling, which creates the passion and the hitting as such. And I thought that maybe the reason he wasn't doing it was a lack of depth and afraid of getting injuries and already a team that he didn't feel had a, hadn't had the depth he, he, he wanted. So well, I just the NCAA if, puts uh, limitations on that. I'm the sorry, the NCAA only allows you to have uh, full contact so many practices. Like today was their first full contact of the spring. 
Yeah, but, yeah, but he's right. He's right in the sense that they don't do as much real hitting as they used to, you know, in practice. I, like in terms of other Miami coaches, you're absolutely right. They don't. But I don't well, know what, what he did at Temple. The, I'm guessing what, it's the same. What about the uh, during the season? Now during the season, no, um, is he allowed to hit? Either. What no. is it disallowed by the NCAA? It is. They don't do it. You're not going to risk injury in practice during the season. No, no not teams much. do that. You'll do not a lot. some. You'll do some middle of the week, but you're not going to do a ton. I got you. Well, then you're never really going to get the passion that you're talking about from the old days, because the old days, I recall, uh, the Canes, uh, their, their practices were, uh, the games were easy compared to the practices, and I don't think the NCAA had those rules. I mean, what happens is when you play, I play D1 football, and when you, what happens is you uh you have these intense practices even during the week, one at least one 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 day during the week. Uh, then uh, you you're going to get people, you're going to get guys, uh, you know, uh, upset. You know, you're going to get guys hitting and fights, and and you're going to get that passion. But you can't expect to have it if if they're not if they're not going to practice. Uh, you know, these full tackling drills, at least one scrimmage a week. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I remember back when they used to do stuff like that. Fans would complain nonstop. We have six torn ACLs. How come no other teams have that many torn ACLs? You know, and now they don't get any injuries. And the reason is because they they scaled back the practice. It's, it's half of one, half of the other. If they got no depth, you know, you can't afford the five or six ACLs or whatever is going to be the injuries. You know, so again, it's a, it's just like we were talking about before. You you give something up to get something back. Yeah, but what, you're right. But, They're but, giving but, up the passion to try and avoid injury, maybe or whatever it is. Um, I don't disagree with you. I, yeah, I, I, I yeah, but the question is. Uh, if if the playing field is level for for all teams, as Alabama, uh, uh, if, if in other words, if the NCAA is saying that you can't have these uh, full contact practices during the week, but you can, then, there's no rule against it. And if you can, then uh, then the my question is, uh, is it because of uh, his, his lack of depth? That, uh, and 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 if he now once he has the depth, will he do that? Because that's how you get the passion back. Uh, if he's not, if but I I don't know whether he uh, he he uh, it, it's his style uh, or whether he was afraid to lose lose uh, players because of the lack of depth. So that's why I went back to uh, your 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 original comment was a criticism against uh, uh, his manner of practicing. But yet, you don't know how he practiced when he was at Temple. That's true. But, I mean, I don't think it matters how he practiced at Temple. I see how he's practicing at Miami. But, I mean, yeah. I'm guessing, like I said before, I would assume this is his style for how he's always done it. I don't think he does it any different. Um, I don't see why he'd change it. Um, unless maybe he feels he has a lot less quality depth at Miami than he did at Temple. I find that very hard to believe. So, But, yes, remember, Al has a very, very good reputation as a coach. Something else I didn't mention earlier also, I've been out at all these practices, like, you know, as, as Gary has for most of them as well. Um, something I've noticed, which is also something that is sort of rare, at least in my experience covering Miami Hurricanes practices, is Al, um, who I have the highest regard for. I mean, he knows coaching unbelievably well. He'll go from drill to drill. He'll even instruct a lot of the drills himself, mainly special teams. But, for instance, he walks over to a defensive back drill that's been running probably for five or six minutes already at that time with repetitiveness, and he immediately changes stuff. In the drill, they've been running for five or six minutes. You know, this safety is not lining up correctly. You know, you've got to move to this way. You've got to move that way. You've got to be lined up here. You're not moving your feet on the snap. You know, things like that. 
they weren't even doing before he got there. So, you know, again, these coaches are very much about teaching, very much about instruction. It starts with Al Golden, obviously. Um, you know, well, the I, hitting, I, I, I guess he doesn't look at it as, as important as the teaching aspect of it. Maybe well, uh, I, I understand what you're saying, but, but it's okay to uh, uh, do the teaching. That's his job. But at the same time, you have, once a week, you have to have one-on-one drills where guys get at each other. And that's, what, and that's my question is, if, if this year now he's got more depth and he, he starts hitting, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier in, in real games for these guys not to miss tackles and to have that passion. So, I mean, uh, I recall when I played, uh, that's what you did. You had one day where you, you were balls to the wall hitting each other. Right. And, I mean, I don't uh, know if this, now, this, this might answer your question, but, I mean, they still do that. But what they'll do, for instance, today, which was a typical practice, they'll do, I don't know how many minutes, maybe 10 minutes of 11-11 real live hitting, and then 15 minutes of instruction, including a break, and then back to 10 minutes of the 11-11. So they'll have, I think they had maybe two early 11-11s and then three later 11-11s, five total 11-11s, probably a total of you know maybe 30 to 45 minutes of 11-11 actual hitting work and the rest of the instruction, whereas in the old days it might have been an hour and a half of actual full hitting work, and a half hour of instruction. So it's just a different combination. I don't know if that answers your okay. question. They're still doing it, just not as, as, as much and it's as aggressive. It's not a ton of reps. Exactly. One last, one la- yeah, okay, one, one last point. Uh, you probably won't like this, but uh, uh, you and Gary, Matt, you and Gary uh, have developed some, I don't know if you're burnt out, but you've developed a certain negative tone uh, towards the Canes, and it's, and it shows up on your on your website, and you go you, on uh, you, you want us, you go on you your want website, to and ninety percent of the people are post are <laughs> negative, and I see, and the shit flows downhill, and I think you guys are the cause of it. Well, I mean, do you want us to lie to you? I mean, do you, do you want me to sit here and, no, and, and I, tell I think, you that I they might, that they have a franchise that they have a franchise no, quarterback? I, I don't and, want you to I don't want you to lie to me, but I I think you. Like your comments regarding Chicolo, I mean, we haven't had good interior f- fighting in there, and that, that that hasn't helped him on the outside. I mean, and um, and, and I think, you, uh, did you watch the bowl game? Did yeah, I watched watch the, bowl, the game? bowl game. Did you see how much better Louisville was than Miami? Well, I think they they have more talent, and they think they're better coached. Okay, but so. Like so, what's wrong with me or Matt or, or us or however you want to classify it, saying that we don't think that the guy that's playing is good enough? And one of the important things of of the of the off season, in our opinion, is that somebody becomes better than him. Like, what's wrong with that? That's not. And being can negative. I add that we also we also it's not like we're all negative. We point out Alex Figueroa is killing it. You know, we point out Stacy Coley, Gary called the best receiver in the country. I think you're just focusing that we do say some things that we see are wrong, and you're focusing Listen, on those versus I've been on your. I've been on your. Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson. I've been on your site. Listen, I've been on your site for 17 years, and uh, I've I've noticed that you two guys. Well, Matt wasn't even around in the earlier years. But you, you have definitely taken a more negative bias, and it shows up in the type of posting you have. I'm just being honest. I'm being honest. I think you're Duke a little Duke Johnson is great. Eric Flowers is great. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you who's great. I, I, like Matt said, I said Stacey Cole is going to be the best receiver in the country next year. Um, you know, defensively, I told you, Kamalu looks phenomenal physically. Now he's just got to be that kind of player. Um, All right, well, you guys are defending but, your, but, your attitude. But, I, I don't think so. No, I think we're you guys have a negative attitude. There's not a good defensive tackle out there right now. Olsen Pierre is the closest thing. 
he, you know, he seems to be doing a little bit better this spring. But there's not a, a top-line defensive tackle on this team right now that you need to, to be a, a high-level Division One football team. Uh, you know, I mean, we're just honest with you. The defensive backs, you're relying on a lot of, you know, you're hoping that, that, that guys can play better than they played last year. We think they will, but it's an if. I mean, it's not something that you can book. I mean, we're not going to sit here and sugarcoat the situation. I wish I'd probably consider both of you guys <laughs> reporting as sugarcoating. Matt yesterday, or was it day before, reported on the practices. He pointed out the, the yelling that the coach, one of the coaches was doing against the players without pointing out any, anybody that did anything good. You know, I mean, uh, I mean it's just a question of, of, uh, of, equal, uh, of uh, equalized uh, reporting. In other words, you talk something nice, it's a, a sandwich. The bread on either side is uh, a little praise and the criticism is in the middle. You guys, it's criticism, criticism, and maybe a little praise. No, it's, ba- it's uh, balanced evaluation. Did you read the report we put out yesterday? Did you read the I report we put out yesterday? Okay, yeah. go back and look yeah. at it again. You're going to see positive in there, and you're going to see negative in there at every at almost every position. Well, then how do you explain uh, how do you explain the negativity uh, in your war room? And the anguish well, the neg- that most the negativity and the anguish is a result of ten years of misery uh, amongst the fan base. All of a sudden, it comes out in one year. Okay, remember, listen. Uh, I just sharing my opinion with you. You guys can live with it. Uh, thanks no, no, for uh, the time to. You're, you're, Sorry. You're perfectly entitled to your opinion. Um, you know, yeah. we would just my we would opinion just is you two guys have burnt out a little bit. You need a vacation. Oh, we're not burnt out. Oh, no. hey, if Love. you're offer, I'm taking. I'm I'm right. I'm there. Where are we going? <laughs> I'm ready for vacation. the truth the truth is I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of people that agree with you the same thing. But the you know for Gary and myself, Gary you know was a reporter for the Herald for God knows how many years. I you know I've been a professional reporter for 20 years now. Everybody um, gets I mean, we, we're trained, we're we're trained to be we're trained to be objective. Objective. You know, some of these websites will go to it's just fans, okay, who are very emotional and, or everything's always rose-colored, whatever it may be. We're, we're trying to be as objective as possible, even though obviously we want Miami to do well because that's who we cover for you guys. But in, in terms of being objective, sometimes that can be construed as being negative because we're not just going to say, oh, everything will be fine because that's not how we are as objective reporters and how we were trained to report information. So when I post Listen, something, I played, the message, I, played, yeah. I played D1 football. I played in college and high school. I've been, I went on your site for 17 or maybe 18 years, right from the beginning. And I know football just as well as you guys do, if not more, because I actually played it. But, uh, but, I, but, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and... Uh, uh, we haven't been able to recruit for a lot of reasons, other, you know, including the fact that we had those NCAA uh, problems. Uh, and I'm not a defender of I don't like uh, the, our defensive coordinator anybody any more than anyone else does. But uh, but I also realize that we are developing some a pretty decent uh, backlog of uh, excellent players, particularly on offense. And uh, and I, I just hope that. And I hope that yeah, well, I mean, okay, great, but uh, but I just think you guys dwell on uh, you keep pounding away in the negative, and as soon as something negative comes out, like that uh, uh, article that you uh, regarding the Penn State, you couldn't wait to get out there and and, and start blasting away. 
And I think that's your general bias. What did we blast about Penn State? We didn't blast anything. In fact, I've come you, out... You reported him leaving. You reported, the whole, you reported him already at Penn State. You blew because that way was, out of proportion. It, it was not because out of proportion. Had to, they had an agreement on Saturday night. They backed out of... How do you know they had an agreement? That never came out anywhere else. See, I you. had pretty darn good sources who were pretty close to it. <laughs> yeah, well, your courses were full of crap. They weren't full of crap. It changed. <laughs> Was how long were we, we talking about Penn State for? How many more years are we going to talk about Penn State? I, I want to know so I can either go to bed or uh, we can keep talking about it for another couple of years. Hey, hey, Matt, listen, you know, you may have been around 20 years, but you haven't been a Canes fan for 20 years. No, I'm a tough jumbo, man. Tough jumbos. Yeah, yeah I know three what you are. And, three yards and a, and a cloud of uh, fur, pretty yeah, much. Okay. We were the well, elephants. See you later, well, buddy. Listen. Okay, fine. Defend your case. Uh, no problem. See you later. All right, well, listen. You know, you're <laughs> I, I, I totally. I, hey, I respect that guy. You know, it's not easy to come on with both of us and say, "Listen, I think you're too negative." I I respect it, and I'm sure there's other people feel the same way. But again, we're just trying to we're trying to report objectively. If we see something wrong, we're not going to just ignore it. You know, and if we see something that's going great, of course we'll report that as well, which we do all the time. And you know, talking about being a fan, I mean, you know, shoot, I'm going on thirty something years, uh, in, you know, around this program, and you know, there's no issues there, obviously, and. You know, but, you know, we have to be honest with everybody. We, we're not going to sit here and sugarcoat things and, and, and sell people, you know, on, on a bill of goods. Um, that, that just wouldn't be right. All right, let's uh, continue. 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. And uh, that said, it should be an exciting team next year. And if some of those ifs come through that we talked about earlier in the show, um, it might even get more interesting. We'll see. Let's go to the 904 now where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Hey, what's one up? Ones. Yeah, there you are. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I wanted to know um, whether hiring Tim Harris on the Hurricanes, if that's going to help with recruiting or developing the players, or being that he got a great connection with them. He does a good job at developing them at um, Booker T. And the secondary looked pretty good when he was there when Randy, Randy, Randy Shannon was there. Well, was any well, chance he didn't coach, he, he didn't coach the secondary now, but you know there's limitations on what Tim can do. There's limitations on how on his involvement on the field. There's limitations in what he can do in recruiting. But there's no question that his presence in the program and the relationships that he has throughout the state of Florida are going to pay uh, immediate and big dividends uh, for the program. Um, so there's nothing but positive. It's, it, here we go. There, there's something to be really positive about. Um, there's yeah. nothing to be negative about when it comes to Tim Harris. Um, yeah. Great at the program. So what about the defense? Is the defense, gonna, you know, they're going to change the scheme up or they're going to do anything different or they're going to stay the same and every, every team going to do the same thing they did last year, run the same plays on them and, Know what you know, know. You know they know where the blitz is coming from. Is he going to disguise anything? Or? They're they're doing the same thing. They're just hoping to do it better. <laughs> he, he 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 only played one good game, man. That was against Ohio State, and, and, and yeah, they didn't have their coach or quarterback or anything. And all the other games, he he just ain't just ain't working. Whatever they be doing, I mean, those guys were young, but when. The guy, Bill Young, came in from Kansas State and ran his own blitz. And look how young the team was, was, was then. 
And he done had three years, and, you know, nobody, you know, it still looked the same. Still looked the same. And the coach, he, he said the defense improved, but, yeah, we had a weakened schedule we, we didn't have in, in about 10 years, and that was this schedule this year. So the team still got 500 yards on us again. Duke, Virginia Tech, I mean, so he, that, that, that's him saying that, you know, that, that you know they still ain't improved. I mean, Stat-wise on, on the paper, yeah, we look good on paper, but when it came to game time, you know, we still look the same. All right, you got anything else tonight? No, that's, that's, that's about it. All right, thank you so much for the phone call. Uh, you're welcome. All right, let's go now to the uh, 305, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Hello. There you are. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> All right. Man, a few words. All right, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's try the 770, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? Hello? Going once, twice, three times. You there? He said he, hey, he said, he said hello. He's there. Oh, he said hello. Yeah. Oh, hello. Hello? <laughs> yes, it's you. How are you tonight? Man, I didn't ever, uh, it's Royal, man. Yeah, I never, uh, <laughs> called in the talk. I was just listening. Um, oh, okay, bro. Yeah, I just, yeah, what's going on, man? I, I just, uh. I ain't, I don't really want to get into no argument with y'all, but uh, I'm listening to what y'all saying about uh, how Golden is going around to the different units, and he's changing stuff. Now, see, that, that, that goes back to what me and Steve were talking about, about uh, the staff. And how did that sound like to me that he doesn't want to second-guess himself by replacing them guys look indecisive. But like that that Paul Williams guy, that secondary coach, man, I I don't really care for that guy and I know y'all gonna disagree with this one. But uh I it's, it's time for Kehoe to go, man. I think his unit underperforms. Kehoe always had a philosophy of the best five. And uh I, I think it shows in the practice. It's kinda like them kids know that they're not gonna play. So they don't really, I don't, I don't know. I'm not there, but it just seems like they don't really practice hard. Now, I, I want to say this, and I read this on King Ford a couple of weeks ago, and it just, I like to blew my top, but, you know, that, that's what Kehoe does. Why are you guys Sony a dog with 6'8", 300-some pounds that, as I'm reading your board, because I get all my information from your board, the kid has, uh, how you say it, uh, he's not flexible. So you got to take yoga classes. How in the hell you going to put a 6'8 kid at guard and he's second team? He's a snap away from getting in the game. No way. No way, Kehoe. No way. You put a 6'8 kid who's really a project. We try to bring him along slowly at guard. I've I never seen it. I'm 42, been following football just like you guys. I have never seen a 6'8 kid play guard. And when I think about it, the kid last year, 
who was the strongest guy on the team, if you ask me, he should have been playing right tackle, and Chantrell shouldn't have been on the bench. He transfers to UCLA. What's his name? Uh, Bunch. Malcolm Bunch. But Malcolm Bunch. You have you moved Malcolm Bunch at six seven to guard the kid's struggle. He should have been playing right tackle, but you appear promising Chantrell playing time. See, this is the stuff that we be talking about as fans about the staff and what they doing with them kids. And what you guys are saying is, I don't understand what you're saying. You know, it's a little bit of everything. Ain't no question about it. But I'm just pointing out things that I'm looking at, and I look at the moves that they're making and why kids ain't developing. And, hey, I'm sorry, man. Y'all tell me. Y'all watch the practice. A 6'8 kid playing guard, no way, with bad flexibility. What are you going to do in the running game? Got nothing. I, I go up against him, run blocking. I got, all I got to do is get up on his pad. He, uh, he's controlled. Yeah, I'll be uh, honest with you. I, I don't I, understand. You know, I hear what you're saying, and on face value, you know, I think you're making a great point. Um, but I don't want to comment on this one because I have not studied Sonny and his play and his progress well enough to really have right. an opinion on, on, on that. Um, it, it is something, though, that now that you're bringing it up, over the next few weeks when we're out there, I'm going to try to watch him specifically a little bit more and, and get a better feel for how he's doing. And maybe we can circle back and we'll, we'll do another show after the spring game in three weeks. And um, right. we'll, we'll circle back and maybe bring that up again if you want. And, um, I'll, you, know, I, you know, maybe Matt and myself both, you know, we'll try to have a better opinion for you on it. Um, but I can't really give you a true evaluation of how he's doing the guard right now. Right. I, well, I'll tell you what, if he's 6'8 playing guard, <laughs> Ryan Williams is 6'6, six, six, he better be the yeah, starting I mean, quarterback. You're not wrong. It, 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 it is a little unconventional for somebody that tall to be a guard. You're, you're correct on right. that. Right. I've never heard of on a college level or the pro level. I, I, it just said he makes sense. And, and stuff like that, you're like, man, what are these coaches really doing? And you say the, you say the kid got flexibility issues? Wow. He's a project. I mean, the, the kid looks like a million dollars. I mean, when you when you stand, I mean, physically he looks great. You know, he's just they're trying to build him into a a winning offensive lineman. You know, it's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, you know, if you're a project like that, you six eight. It's pretty much the only thing you can do for me, man. Line up on blocking field goals and just get your hands up and try to jump as high as you can. I I, I don't know, man. I, well, you know, ideally, this, this project, point, this project stuff is, it, it, huh? Well, that's what I was just going to get ready to say. I, I, I mean, ideally, you get to the point where you're not recruiting projects. Exactly. And and, 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 and the, 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 when you said, well, I don't know which one of y'all wrote it, but when it said second team, that was very. Uh, it kind of deflated me because I'm like, wow, this kid is one snap from being in the game. You know, a kid get, you know, the starter gets rolled up or something. Here comes Sonia Dogwoo at 6'8", guard. Wow. Well, we'll try to pay more attention to here the next few weeks. I want to see how Kehoe going to defend that one. Call, call, back in, call back at our next show and, and bring okay. that up again, and, and we'll try to have a better evaluation for you on Sonny, okay? I pretty much know what you're going to say, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Royal. Anything else tonight? All right. No, just leave me on hold. I'll listen to the last nine minutes. All right. 
You got it. Uh, hey, I'll, fill, I'll fill up thirty. I'll fill up thirty seconds of those last nine minutes. Last nine minutes for you right now. The the post of the year. Well, I guess not post of the year. Uh, JP Boca is that chick stoned from the Canesport Live Show, and he wrote, "She's stoned or hammered or both, which is about average for Ohio State girls. I bet she's about one hundred ninety pounds to two hundred twenty pounds." There you go. <laughs> Post of the year. I don't know, man. I thought she was nice. You guys are going too hard on her. I was, I was impressed. That she, I mean, she was that, out there, man. I'm telling you, but, but she I mean, was out you there. Know, it takes some guts to call in a show like that, and you know, and 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 lay yourself out there the way she I want, did. I'm so. telling you, I, I I would have given her the third degree. I want to know what was going on there. So there's something. She was like forced to call by somebody. Uh, something was going on there that was weird. I don't know. I, I think you're being too negative, Matt. Come on. <laughs> do, 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 we need, I, do we need to send you to a, to For TV 10 years, we've had Ohio State callers call in who have been Ohio State fans and not real Hurricane fans. What's the repositive <laughs> about? All right, let's go. 646 595 2048 if you've got some closing thoughts here um, before we go tonight. In the meantime, uh, we're going to go now to the 678, where you are now live on Game Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you there? Going once, twice, three times. All right, let's try the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? I don't know what's up with some of these guys tonight. Um, all right, um, be- before we go, I, I mentioned earlier that, um, and I know so many people are, are interested in, in the defense, so um, right now, um, I had an exclusive interview with Mark D'Onofrio today where we talked about a lot of subjects, many of which are discussed on a daily basis on the boards, and we're going to play that for you right now. We're here with uh, defense coordinator Mark D'Onofrio, and um, back at spring practice this week, and it uh, looked like your guys came back um, ready to play a little bit more today. Yeah, they, they were uh, ready to go. It's about an 11-day break, and uh, you're always worried about uh, you know, them coming back and having the right frame of mind, but you know, today was the day where we went live and goal line scrimmage and short yard scrimmage, so I think that part had their attention, and uh, it was the first day we went live tackling, uh, so uh, let's take a look at the tape and, and see you know, see where we were at, but I like the enthusiasm. Um, you know, obviously no secret, you know, defensive goal is to get a lot better this spring. Um, what are you trying to accomplish, and, and where do you feel you are now, uh, you know, at the, about a third of the way in? Well, I, I think at the end of the day, you have, you have to start with each individual player, particularly in the spring. Uh, if, if, if every one of the players that are out here on the field get better, you know, and we as coaches take, take you know, take part in that. Uh, self, the position coaches, and the player himself takes part in deciding to get individually better. We're, we're going to get better as a, as a unit, and I think that's really, when you're in spring, I think that's the focus. Um, throw a lot at them you know you try to you try to let them learn the whole package because it, you know it's never easy and, and, and the games change each week you're playing different types of offenses so uh, the idea is to let them learn the whole system the whole package but you know really just work hard on getting individuals better and that, and that really is you know it's two to three things per guy that you really just try to focus on you can't you know sit there and tell the guy to get better at 10 or 12 things and, and think you're going to execute on that but really just finding out you know looking at the offseason looking at last year's tape and saying where do we need to get each player better so we can be better as a unit so that's really where the focus lies you talk about throwing a lot at them. Uh, are, are you making some changes to the defensive schemes this, you know, go, going into next year? And I mean, there there are things that uh, you know. Again, we, we play a lot of defense, so I, you know, I, I think you know, we're multiple front team. We run a lot of different pressures. We run every coverage that that you can run out there. So you know, from from that standpoint. Um, that part's not going to change, you know, maybe changing how we do some things or maybe just, you know, 
again, I think it's really important to utilize what players you have and what their strengths are, you know, from, from year to year. So I think the scheme has that flexibility in it that we don't have to change the scheme. Um, we have enough versatility in it that we can utilize our guys and put them in the best position they're in. So that's that's the feeling out process right now. What are, what are we going to do well? What are the guys that are playing right now for us? What, what, can they, what can they do well for us? Let's try to put them in the best position to do that. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, you know, a lot of people like to typecast defenses as four threes or three fours or, you know, right. but, but you're really everything. Yeah. I mean, you'll line up 4-3 sometimes, you'll line up 3-4 sometimes, sometimes you'll be 5-2. Um, you know, you, you, you kind of try to be versatile in that way. Yeah, you know, the, the, when, you, when you're talking in terms of 5-2 and a 3-4, really similar, just just a matter of how the, how the, uh, you know, the offense lines up. Obviously, if they're lining up with a tighter set, then you'll see those two of those outside backers, you know, walked up on the line of scrimmage and it'll, it'll give that look, but that's that's really just a 3-4 defense. People spread you out and those guys have walked out, you know, now maybe they're at linebacker level or, or they're walked out, but it's really it's really the same uh, the same look. So you're really, you're, you're really talking in terms of playing, you know, odd or, or, or even defenses, really, you know, whether you're playing a four-down scheme or a three-down scheme. Um, and we have versatility within that. And I think a lot of people these days are doing that. Is too much a big deal made about four three, you know three four. I mean, does it really matter at the end of the day where you start? Is it or is it more you know how the schemes are executed? I think I think thing that happens is I think some 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 things are better for than others for the types of offenses you might see, and I think you want to have that flexibility within your scheme. Uh, you know, having the ability to, to direct your pressures out of a three four defense, uh, and, and have the offense not really know who the fourth, fifth, or sixth rusher is, or having the ability to you know, the max drop against a team that's getting the ball out quick, you know, those sorts of things. So I think you, you like you like to have that. You like to have a third down package that's flexible, up, uh, you know, again, to be able to disguise pressures um, and do those things. Um, at the same time, there's certain, there's certain looks or, you know, certain offenses where, you know, you're going to want, you're going to want to play in a, you know, a four down scheme, you know, and, and uh, you know, people playing fast and you want to direct the fourth rusher, you can easily do that. So, you know, there's, there's just a lot of different ways right now that people are attacking you on offense. So uh, the flexibility helps. And, uh, you know, again, the flexibility helps in recruiting from our standpoint because uh, we're not really penciled into playing defense one way. We're just penciled into getting good players, uh, coaching them up and putting them in a position that they can have success. Um, coming out of last season, I'm sure your list was long of, of, of things that you would like to see get better. But um, when you came into spring, what was on your list where you said this must get better during spring practice? Well, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, going back and looking through the tape, you know, we got, we got hurt on the perimeter. Um, both with tackling and both with you know keeping leverage on the ball, um, you know I think if you look back at the tape, there's sometimes there's a misconception that you know that someone's running the ball you know down the middle of the field. And it wasn't that wasn't the case. I thought the guys did a better job up front. I thought you know uh, did a better job in the interior. The defense uh, the ball got out on the perimeter and, and big plays happened when the ball got outside of a force player or a contained player in that defense or when we missed tackles on the perimeter. So we just got to do a much better job of working hard at that. Um, we got to do a much better job, in my, in my opinion, uh, on the on the perimeter. We got to do a really good job of keeping the ball from, from not getting not getting out leveraged, um, and we can't we can't miss those tackles that we missed. You know, you look at your defensive personnel, and you know, you see a guy like Kamalu, um, Figueroa, Jamal Carter. I mean, just to name a few. I mean, those kids are starting to look like what big high-level Division One major college football defenders right. at the University of Miami or any school aspiring, right. um, you know, to be a championship team, you know, should look like. You know, how big of a difference do you think that's going to make for you? Um, I do. I think, you know, I think our defense, again, I used the term before, I think it's starting to have some symmetry to it, though. I think the guys are starting to, at the same positions are starting to look similar. You know, you're starting to see guys that are, you know, around the same height, 
around the same build, um, so we're, get, we're getting bigger guys as you walk in. I think just take a look at uh, the guys that we brought in here uh, for the spring that just arrived. You know, Darian Owens is, is already 230 pounds uh, walking in the door. Jawan Young is 240 pounds. You know, these are guys from 6'2", 6'3". Um, Ryan Mays is 6'1", 190 pounds at the corner. Um, so I think you know we're, we're starting to recruit to to the size, and I think that's that's what you're seeing. You're seeing guys that come in. Have have nice height, have nice length about them, and they get in the weight program for a year, and you start to really see them uh, see them develop. So um, that said, three weeks left. What what do you have to get done in the next three weeks? Well, you know, we, we again, we just have to continue to make sure that you know, as we look at our list and we look at the guys, the individuals. I don't think you, I don't think you, you you can't lose sight of the fact that you have to get the individuals better, and we have to keep looking at it every day and say, what do we got to do to get so and so better stay there, work on those things, and those individuals get better at the two to three things they need to, uh, the whole group will get better. But, you know, as a whole, uh, just want to make sure we're vocal, we communicate on the field, we hand signal, we talk, uh, that the guys are continuing to have a better understanding and scheme, uh, and that we do a good job on the perimeter, really, we do a really good job on the perimeter, we don't get out leveraged, uh, break on balls better than we did last year, and, and we tackle better in space. All right, that was defensive coordinator Mark D'Onofrio, and um, very insightful conversation, I thought. Um, he really touched on a lot of subjects, and I hope he cleared up some of the questions that you guys have every day uh, and certainly some of the questions that I see on the message boards, and uh, we thank Mark for taking the time. All right, we're going to try to squeeze in another call or two here before we go tonight. Let's try the 770, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, twice, three times. All right. Uh, final call of the night, the 305. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you there? Going once, twice, three times. Wow. A lot of, uh, a lot of empty calls tonight. Well, um, great show, Matt. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, we touched on a lot of subjects over the last couple hours and, uh, you know, tried to give people an honest look at, at what's going on with this football team. Um, obviously, one caller uh, thought that things were being a little too negative, but um, you know, honestly, you know, for everybody listening, you know, for us to come on here and say this is a national championship-ready team or even an ACC championship-ready team right now, as it exists today in the middle of March, uh, we would not be doing uh, the proper service to you. It, it's still a program and team that has a lot of work ahead of it, um, but there are some positive signs that, as we've reported and, and spoke about tonight. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I, you know, just to touch on some of them real quick, Matt. Uh, you know, I, I, I think Ryan Williams is doing a decent job at quarterback. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to remind anybody um, of the great quarterbacks who have played in the program. But you know, he'll be a, a, a serviceable quarterback. Uh, Gus Edwards doing some nice things at the running back position. We talked about Taylor Gadbois on the offensive line coming along. Danny Isadora is another young kid who's been doing some nice things. Um, on the O-line, um, at tight end, um, Standish Dobard comes to mind. Uh, there have been times he still needs more consistency, that he's looked um, you know, pretty good out at practice. Um, you know, the defensive side of the ball is where the most work is left to be done. And, you know, you look at guys like Kamalu and Figueroa, Jamal Carter were the three that we mentioned um, tonight, you know, very um, primarily. Um, those kids are physically ready to be impact players. And, uh they just got to get the mental side of the game down and, and, and come back in September and, and be ready to do that. So, um, 
a lot to, to be excited and positive about, um, but also some things to be concerned about. And, um, you know, that's the accurate picture from our eyes. And, um, you know, we hope you, you know, you've enjoyed that insight tonight. So Matt, um, any closing thoughts before we go? Um, no, I mean, you know, honestly, uh, there's always reason. <laughs> you mentioned the, the one caller's over too negative. There's always reason for optimism, you know. I mean, the offense, just like last year, should be really, really good. The, the key, again, is going to be these young kids coming in because just on defense, there's just not enough guns right now. So, you know, if, if a couple of these linemen turn out to be immediate studs, this team can be really, really good and compete for an ACC title, but really we're not going to know that until the fall. You know, the, the point is, as it stands right now in the spring, um, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of starters that are out, um, a lot of personnel missing that's going to be here in the fall, and it's just very hard to get an accurate gauge on just what this team's going to be capable of. Um, at this point, you can see the little flashes here and there of what could be really good, like we mentioned a few of the things, and there's some flashes of what could be really bad, like we mentioned a few of the things today. So what we really, I think, we're trying to do today is just give you sort of a glimpse into what's going on with the team as of right now, give you a snapshot, the good and the bad and the ugly, and, um, you know, and there's always reason for optimism. There's always reason for optimism. This team will be back at some point. It's just a, a matter of, as our Kehoe says, it's a matter of, of when, not if. So, um, so you know, it's going to be a fun ride. All right, well, our next show will be after the spring game, um, which is uh, April the 12th. Um, that's the spring game at Sun Life Stadium. So uh, probably about the 15th of April, um, we will come back with another Kane Sport Live show and wrap up spring practice and talk about uh, what we saw in the spring game and these practices here over the next few weeks. In the meantime, we'll see everybody uh, in the war room and, um, and on canesport.com. For Matt Shodell, I'm Gary Furman. Thanks for joining us tonight on another edition of Kane Sport Live.